0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Cyberdyne Systems, makers of the Skynet, neural net based artificial intelligence. Cyberdyne Systems, helping keep humanity safe from itself. Under the,
1: the in and we're come at the line, making a the smell of death is on the And
2: at night
0: when the cold wind blows, no one cares, Hello, my name is Chris.
3: My name is Kelsey.
0: And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's Manufactured Killer Human Week on Bod Cemetery with 1984's The Terminator and 2016's Morgan, a combination recommended to us by...
3: Harry. Thank you,
0: Harry, very, very much. Really, really glad we got to see Terminator. And actually, Morgan is a... Act pretty good combination with it. Yes. But before we get to the movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show?
3: Horror trivia.
0: Give me what you got.
3: Wes Craven directed what 1991 film about two adults and a juvenile who break into a brother and sister's house and find something disturbing?
0: The People Under the Stairs. Yes. Yeah.
3: Very good. That
0: was an interesting uh, description of it.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: All right, Kelsey. In the movie The Terminator, 1984. Yes. What do the initials HK stand for?
3: Human killer?
0: Close. Hunter killer. Oh. Hunter killer. When
3: do they say that?
0: Michael Bean says that when he talks about what the future is like. HKs?
1: Hunter killers. Patrol machines built in automated factories.
0: All right, Kelsey, that leads us right into 1984's The Terminator, written and directed by James Cameron with additional writing credits for Gail Ann Hurd and William Wisher, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Michael Bean, Paul Winfield, Lance Henriksen, and Dick Miller. Yes. Uh, Let's get some things out of the way about the credits of this movie a little bit. I mentioned that Gail Ann Hurd and William Wisher have additional writing credits. Bill Wisher, who is James Cameron's friend, helped him write the script out. But really what he worked on, he gets an additional dialogue credit. Really what he worked on is more the stuff with the cops, uh, which is a very specific moment in the movie. I have written down in my notes, well, okay, no more cops, like the rest of the movie. Like, this is just the cop moment. And then... So you can kind of tell that it was almost written separately. (laughs) Gail Ann Hurd, on the other hand, she was Roger Corman's assistant. She worked with New World Pictures. And she was really interested in this movie. It was a movie that nobody would make. And James Cameron was completely unproven. He was fired off of Piranha 2. (laughs) And he had a stipulation about this script. It was that... He would not sell it to anybody who wouldn't also let him direct. Sounds very familiar. That's what Sylvester Stallone did with Rocky. And look what happened to him. Very similar sort of thing. Look what happened to James Cameron. This is in stark contrast to our usual advice. If you wrote the script, don't direct it. I guess unless you're James Cameron. But he ended up selling it to Gail Ann Hurd for $1 because she was willing to have him hired as a director when nobody else would. Apparently, according to Cameron, she made suggestions for edits to the script, but she, quote, did no actual writing at all. But she still gave herself a writing credit. In the movie, because <laughs> she's the producer, she can do that. Right. And so that I think that's uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> also, somebody who gets credit later on is Harlan Ellison. Harlan Ellison wrote an episode of The Outer Limits called Soldier, and another one called Demon with a Glass Hand. And he has, he's, one of his famous short stories is I, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which he says the combination of these three things were a primary influence on James Cameron. James Cameron admits one of the influences was The Outer Limits, but so much so that Harlan sued for plagiarism. Cameron was like, okay, well, I didn't plagiarize anything. I'm absolutely against settling on this issue 100 percent. do not settle with him do not give him any money he's just an opportunist the insurance company was like yeah okay fine we'll go to court like you want us to go to court that's fine we'll go to court
3: and he totally won didn't he but
0: if we lose you need to pay whatever the fees are and cameron being broke was like fuck and so he was forced to settle and so Harlan Ellison gets credit in, in the credits of this movie. He gets a name mention at the end. So that's why Harlan Ellison is credited with partial creation of Terminator. So all that said, let's talk about some of the actors. Okay. <laughs> Lance Henriksen was involved from the very beginning. Uh, he knew... James Cameron, and he was involved in attempting to get funding, because Orion said, yes, we will agree to finance this partially. Which, by the way, Orion film, love it. You get the little Orion logo in the beginning, and it just makes me feel good. (laughs) Uh, But you need to get the rest of the funding somewhere else first. You need to get them to sign on before we will actually agree to give you this money. So Cameron was forced to go out and find funding. That's why there's, like, four different production companies on this movie. And... He would use Henriksen, he would, like, dress him up as if he were the Terminator and have him show up at these meetings first. He would show up as the Terminator, basically, first to these meetings, and he would bust into the meetings, and he would just, like, sit down and look intimidating and not say a word, and then Cameron would come in, and then he'd do the whole pitch and everything like that. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, really, really cool. But he, he didn't actually ultimately want him to play the Terminator. Uh-huh. And so that's why he has kind of a small role in this, is because he knew he needed to get him some role in this movie, so he gave him one of the cops. Linda Hamilton just finished filming Children of the Corn and then was hired on for this.
3: So there you go. What? You said that when we watch Children of the Corn, when she says, my name is Sarah, that's a beautiful name. You no. said that...
0: I didn't say it was because, I said it was interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe I did, I don't know, maybe I misspoke. But no, I didn't think it was because she was in it. But they did come out the same year. I think that's what it was. You wanted me to check if they came, when they came out, and I said they came out the same year. Vicky Linda Hamilton,
3: asks her what her name is, and she says her name is Sarah, and she says, Sarah, that's a beautiful
0: name, this same year Linda Hamilton was in... The first Terminator movie where she played uh, Sarah. Sarah <laughs> Connor. Arnold Schwarzenegger really wanted to break out of the kind of stuff that he was doing up to that point, which was just like strongman roles. And.
3: How is this breaking out? Hold enough? on.
0: <laughs> Speaking of agents, by the way, James Cameron fired his agent when his agent wasn't interested in this. That's probably why. James Cameron sold the rights for a dollar and therefore made no money off of anything Terminator that he didn't direct himself, uh, even though he created the thing. Oh. So he got Terminator 1, Terminator 2.
3: Yeah, well, I don't know if James Cameron would have wanted to be attached to the other projects.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway.
3: I don't mind them, but they're not anywhere near as good as the first one. Oh, two. not at all, no.
0: So he, was play- he played Hercules, he played Conan, And the reason this movie was delayed was because he was doing Conan the Destroyer and they invoked part of his contract was said he couldn't work on any other movies while he was working on the Destroyer. So they delayed filming of this for like nine months. And in that time, James Cameron got his job on Aliens and he wrote Rambo First Blood Part Two. He got a lot of stuff done in this time, so he did that anyway. But Schwarzenegger wanted to do something different. And I say this is different because his agent said, don't do bad guys. You're going to be a hero. You know, you're the hero type. You can't do bad guys. You don't want to be pigeonholed as, as bad guys. And this was also around the time when...
3: But isn't Conan a bad guy?
0: No, Conan's the hero. He's just a barbarian. He does... You know, you're the lamentations of their women.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, doesn't he like rape women and shit?
0: <laughs> well, it's it takes place in these barbaric times, but he is the protagonist of those stories. Okay. He he really wanted to be like the main attraction, and he was getting cast in these roles that was that were basically just uh, you're a big guy with muscles, and that's all you'll ever be. And he's like, no, I want to do other things. And heroes were. Not him. They had a. They were Americans, they were Clint Eastwoods, and they were those types, you know? And so he was like, he says he made up his mind and he was just going to do it because he's not afraid of failure. He's just going to try. It's going to happen. And so that's why he was interested in doing more things that are kind of off the wall. And he saw this small production and he met with James Cameron. He wasn't too impressed with James Cameron, but James Cameron was impressed with him. And so he offered them him the role. And he agreed to do it, and he thought, because, you know, what if this doesn't work? Well, this is a small, low-budget, low-profile production. If it fails, nobody's going to notice.
3: This was low-budget? Yeah. Really?
0: Oh, yeah. No, this was... The shit
3: they were able to do? This
0: is very much... We would probably call this an indie film today. Wow. Uh, Even though there are four production houses involved, it's like, they did shit where they filmed... Uh, without permits and stuff like that, uh, I mean,
3: their special effects look. I mean, it's 80s special effects, but it looks pretty good. No, no, no,
0: yeah, but they but they did all this shit on their own, and he was like, Cameron was an unproven director. People were willing to basically waste money on this chance because it was one of those things where. You know, who cares if it fails? It was that that was kind of the mindset here. But like I say, like there were even points where they needed to do reshoots, like when he breaks the window of the car door to break into it, they have behind the car is a set of clothes for him. So what would happen is they film the scene and then he would change really quick so they could pretend that they weren't actually filming anything. And at one point, because they didn't have any permits, and at one point they got Hassled by a cop, and I want to say it was Hurd, Gail Ann Hurd, who convinced the cop that they were a college film school production, and so the cop let him go.
3: Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So
0: anyway, yeah, he thought that. The, so whatever. This is a small little thing. Nobody's going to see it if it fails. I might as well give it a shot. But he did. He did go all in, and this is kind of how Schwarzenegger is. He takes things. V- he's he's a he's a silly dude. He's not a perfect human, but he, when he puts his mind to something, he commits 100%. That's why he's such a successful bodybuilder. And it kind of gives him, he gives himself basically permission to be arrogant as a result of it. <laughs> Schwarzenegger is a very arrogant guy. But anyway, he pa- apparently practiced forever with all the guns and all this stuff, like, so he could take apart and put together a gun blindfolded and, like, do it so he, cou- he didn't have to look at it. You know, when he, when they're actually filming so he could be a robot, to the point where there were apparently like Soldier of Fortune magazine, like rips into movies all the time for their incorrect use of guns and, you know, how you hold them and how you use them and all of that. But apparently they said that Schwarzenegger did a fantastic job on this movie.
3: But you always told me that he always cocks the gun like way too many times and stuff. No. I'm thinking more of the second one because I know the second one better, but like... When he does the, the turn thing, like when he's on the motorcycle, you always said he didn't need to do that.
0: He doesn't need to do it like that. <laughs> they, they, they do that because, oh, he can do it one-handed, he spins the gun around. That's T2, doesn't matter, we're not going to get into that. But the big problem with this is that there's no, like, no ejected shells or anything like that in the entire fucking movie. <laughs> uh, but anyway, one other person that was considered for the role of the Terminator was oj simpson yikes at the time this is 1984 he was turned down for the role because they thought he looked too nice uh well that was the thing about oj simpson at the time <laughs> is the reason he got so famous is because he was like the i'm not to get too political but he got too uh he was like the white approved black athlete oh we know yeah.
3: Oh, we know. That yeah, was and he his got those. Whole thing. And he got these
0: Hertz commercials. And then he's he's famously said that he's not black.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Like the, Anyway,
3: my dad met him.
0: <laughs> but basically, his whole shtick was that he wasn't threatening to white people, and boy, would he prove everyone wrong.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Anyway, that's what I wanted to say about all the stuff that went into the production, behind the scenes, casting, getting the movie made. Now we can actually talk about. The movie, what is The Terminator about?
3: A man comes back from the future to the past in the 1980s to save Sarah Connor, who will birth the, the child, John Connor who will become the leader of the uprising against the machines in the future. The
0: movie is free with Prime and Hulu. It's on Tubi TV if you want commercials. You can rent it for $4 on iTunes and Vudu or $10 on v- Vudu to buy or $15 on iTunes. Should people watch The Terminator?
3: Yes! Oh, I mean, come on. Dom. <laughs> if you have not seen The Terminator, what stop what you're doing and watch it now.
0: I saw T2 before I ever saw The Terminator. I mean, I was really young. Obviously, I was super pissed because my parents. I think I told this story on the show before. My parents rented it when I was on a Boy Scout trip, and they saw it without me, and I was super pissed. And then I finally saw it, and then I went back and watched this one.
3: I cannot remember a time in my life when I didn't know about the Terminator. I know that I watched the second one billions of times as a kid because I had a huge crush on him for long. But like, I think I just kind of always had. I I had seen Terminator at some point, so like, I knew about it, but. It was T2 that I watched way more often. Yeah. But of course I've seen Terminator.
0: (laughs) Yeah, God, Terminator's so good. So good. Watch it. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You can take our advice or that's the only option. And when we get back, we will talk about 1984's The Terminator. They come from another time. A machine wrapped in flesh. A soldier from a distant
1: war. Both after a woman who holds the key to the future. One wants to kill her. The other must protect her.
0: I'm here to help you. You've been targeted for termination.
1: The Terminator. Your future is in his hands. The Terminator. Rated R. The number one movie in the USA is now playing everywhere.
0: All right, Kelsey, get us started on the Terminator.
3: All right. So, guys, in case you didn't know, ten years from now, there will be tanks crushing the bones of humans. (laughs) being controlled by evil robots. Oh, speaking of that,
0: by the way, it's November. It's November 2019. This is when Blade Runner takes place. Ah. Anyway, (laughs)
3: go ahead. Yeah, so then we get, so we see tanks going by and, you know, they're shooting laser beams and stuff like that. And then we get some text that tells us that there was a nuclear war and from the ashes the, the, the machines rose.
0: The machines rose from the ashes of the nuclear fire. Their war to exterminate mankind had raged for decades, but the final battle would not be fought in the future. It would be fought here, in our present,
3: tonight. (sighs) Yes, and like, that was probably very effective when it came out, but you you do have to think about the fact that like, I don't know, if I was ever to set a movie in the future, I would do it like... I know that it wouldn't work for their thing, because the idea is that it's her son, so it can't be too far in the future. Mm -hmm. But I would just always set it so far. Like, hundred years.
0: Fifty years at least. Yeah. 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 And we get the awesome Terminator theme.
3: Yes!
0: Which was composed by Brad Fiedel, or Fidel, or something like that. I don't know. He had never done movies before. And I love this theme. Everyone loves this theme. But... I wrote down, I think I like the T2 one more. (laughs) And I I knew they were different slightly because you could feel it. (laughs) But I just didn't know how. And that drove me into this dark abyss of the Terminator theme. Because apparently, looking into it, nobody for the longest time could agree on what time signature this song has. Now, what a time signature is, is you get two numbers. You get how many beats are in a bar and at what like rate so this one is a 13/16 so it's 13 sixteenths so it's sixteenth notes and you get 13 of them in a single bar and then that repeats right do do do, do, do. that do, do 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 that is the T2 theme
3: they did it in this one
0: this one is do 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 do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. So that right there is sixth eighth notes. And then you throw in an extra beat in between each of those. And so it's three, 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 two, two. And that's such an odd time signature. And forever, like, people would argue over what it is. And so finally, people asked Brad Fidel. Uh, there's a good article in Slate where this guy is just like I'm, just going to call him up and ask him. And he had, and he, and he interviewed him, and apparently he had told the story somewhere else in like 2013 or something. But it wasn't until recently that people actually found this out, and they asked him what happened. So, here's what happened.
2: Na-na-na. Na-na-na. Yes,
0: he had some old synthesizers and other su- such things. Uh, he would do clanking sounds by banging on a frying pan, and what they say about Fidel is that he goes from brain to hand to keyboard he doesn't write any of it down as a matter of fact when some composer I can't remember who asked him for his um, for the music so they could play it in a big orchestral thing he was putting together an album of of orchestral movie themes and they wanted to do the Terminator theme he was like I'm sorry I can't because I never wrote it down that's why he never knew what the time signature was. And what happened was, is when he did the, the the, looped beat on the synthesizer, when he hit it to loop it, he had been off by a split second. And so it wasn't looping the way he thought the repeating beat wasn't looping the way he thought it was. And it was just off just ever so slightly. And that's what gives us this really odd time signature. Current modern uh, synthesizers that do these repeating beats, they autocorrect. But this old one didn't do that. And so it's entirely accidental. He noticed it when he was playing it back. (laughs) But he was just like, you know what? This is, it kind of fits. You know, it's odd. It's herky-jerky, he says. Fidel just went with it. The beat seemed to be falling forward, and he liked its propulsiveness. He recorded the score that way, and not being classically trained, never wrote down any notation. The music he'd improvised went straight into the film. With its collaboration between fallible humanity and rigid machinedom, the score was especially well suited to the material at hand, is how the Slate article goes. And it's absolutely true, it's really, really cool. it's such a rare time signature that the only other song that the wikipedia article on musical works with odd time signatures mentions has the same time signature is 78341316 by dead mouse and if you notice at 7834 and 1316 it's the time signatures that appear in that song, and that's like one of a, one of his B sides, unreleased songs. Like, just no song has a thirteen sixteen time signature. It's just so bizarre. Meanwhile, the T two one has the dun dun dun,
3: dun 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 dun
0: So it's a much much more. Uh, did
3: he do the second one too?
0: Simple, yes. Twelve. So why eight. did he change it? It's less disorienting. I I was thinking, well, it's easier. It's it's more pounding. It's less disorienting. Uh, he says he did it because he felt the sequel had more warmth and well, yeah. the simpler time signature that's not as disorienting is a better fit. So he but decided to revert.
2: That. Na na, na na
3: na.
0: That's in both of them. That's in but both of them. But it's much more prominent in the T two one.
3: Okay, because when I was in high school. I mean, I still love techno music, but when I was in high school, I was like way into techno music, uh-huh, and I had an amazing and I'll never be able to find it, but I had an amazing techno version of uh the t two i guess it was t two I just always figured the ter- i thought they were the same no they're life.
0: they're different, yeah, but slightly
3: but it it was a techno a techno version do 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 and it was so fucking good, i fucking loved that. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Now, for all you music majors out there, please don't jump on me if I got any of that wrong. I know nothing about, like, music theory. So if you feel the need to correct, please feel free, but be kind about it.
3: If any of you have that amazing techno version of that song, please send it to me. Oh, yeah. I
0: wonder if we could find that.
3: I doubt it. I have no idea what DJ it was.
0: Oh, I'm sure there are tons of them out there. Exactly. Maybe maybe we can just cycle through them and
3: and find out.
0: Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry to completely derail our conversation with that. But, it, like, seriously, it was just this rabbit hole I fell into. It was just like, I, I must know more. <laughs> and I'm not even giving you everything. I'll link in our Twitter to the Vulture article. There's a really good YouTube video that nails down that it is a 1316 time signature and what that means. in like, layman's terms for dummies. So it's, uh, it's really cool. So I'll share those both on the Twitter. So now that... We've seen what happens in the future. What happens now?
3: Okay, so it's L.A. It's 1984, and it's almost 2 a.m. There is a lot of electricity in the air.
2: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> Again, okay. So looking at it now, like these special effects look silly, but you have, I mean, from for the 80s, yeah, it's really quite impressive.
0: Let me see if there's an estimate on the budget. Six point four million.
3: Wow.
0: Which isn't much.
3: Yeah. Wow. So we get a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he comes down kneeling. It's a perfect, what do they call it? Superhero landing? Superhero
0: landing, yeah. Let's
3: uh-huh. go in for superhero landing. So bad for the knees.
0: <laughs> but he doesn't land that way. That's just how he's, that's how he goes in and he comes out the same way.
3: Oh. Yeah. Okay. Apparently you're supposed to be able to see his dick. I looked. I didn't see it.
0: Well, we also got a streaming version. I think I've seen it before, but I
3: didn't see it this time. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you see his ass. Yes. Very clearly. Yes. Yeah.
3: So he's just walking and uh, we see these 80s punks, one of which is Game Over, man.
0: Bill Paxton. (laughs)
3: Yes, Bill Paxton. Who
0: James Cameron, Michael Bean, Lance Henriksen, and Bill Paxton were all involved in, two years later, 1986's Aliens. Yes.
3: And he walks, uh, he's walking up to them and they're like, hey, check this guy out, you know. What's wrong with this picture? At first, they're like laughing at him and they're just like, wash day, nothing clean, yeah. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he's naked.
1: Nothing clean. Wash day tomorrow, nothing clean, right? <laughs> nothing clean, right.
3: And then he goes, give me your clothes.
1: Yeah. Your clothes, give them to me. No.
3: They're like, fuck you, asshole, which is ridiculous. I wrote he's still a fucking giant. Yes. Why
0: fuck with this guy? Yeah,
3: like they think that they can kill him because they've got knives. little tiny knives. Got and I'm switch like switchblades. Switchblades, but I'm just like, dude, look at the guy. hmm Pretty sure he can take you. Well, they try to stab he's him. Even if not a robot.
0: They try to stab him and the knives break, and I kind of wish that we didn't see that. Because up to this point, there's n- there's nothing saying that this guy is a robot.
3: You wish they had kept it a secret?
0: No, no, no. Just like so the reveal kind of boiled a little bit longer and it wasn't like, oh, you see him and then immediately you see a knife break on his skin. You know what I mean?
3: I guess. <laughs> and then we cut to a dark alleyway where there is a homeless man sitting there and he watches more electricity go through the air yep. and the wind picks up and... Michael Bean falls to the ground.
0: Yes, he had a much more rough ride.
3: Yes, and he is not built in any way because he comes from the future where humans are practically on on the brink of starvation. On the yeah, he, of-
0: he looks like a guy who might be in great shape for somebody who, I think is the way the Weekly Planet guys put it, lives off rats.
3: Yes, which they will show us later kids are killing rats for uh-huh. food. He gets up, and he walks towards the homeless man, and he the homeless guy goes, hey, did you see a real bright light? It's, it's very <laughs> funny. It always makes me laugh uh-huh. every time. And then- we don't get to see their interaction, but nope. the next thing we see, <laughs> the cops show up, and he's pulling on pants, and he runs away, and the, the homeless man's like, who took my pants? And I'm just like, I've, I've always just been like, I want to know how that interaction happened. Did Michael Bean just rip the pants off of he the homeless man?
0: Held him down and took his pants off.
3: <laughs> what
2: on? <did> he do? They <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's running away from the cops, and he gets clothes, and he gets a shotgun. And
3: well, first, a cop almost corners him. Yeah, but being so well trained, he's able to get the the gun away from him. And he says, "What's the date?" And he tells him, and but he doesn't say the year. And he's like, what year? <laughs> and the cop's just like, what? And then Bean runs off. And yes, he gets Nike shoes and uh-huh. he gets clothing and he gets a shotgun. Now I have a shotgun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> he runs to a payphone. And this is where the first problem is happening. He comes from a future where... They are always on the run, they don't have any technology, I mean, they don't have any technology, The, the robots do, but they don't, all they have are some weapons, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, looking at it from future time... Payphones are not, I mean, we know what payphones are, but kids certainly fucking don't. So it's just like, if they come from a future where everything has been taken over by robots, I don't know that he would know to go to a payphone and find Connor.
0: John Connor would be two years younger than I am.
3: That's a good point. That is an excellent point, honey.
0: But then there was a nuclear war.
3: (laughs) But he did grow up
0: with them. He grew up with payphones. So I mean that also means that Michael Bean grew up with payphones. That's what
3: I'm that's what i And that Michael always, Bean's
0: parents might be around somewhere right that's now. What yeah.
3: I've been wondering about cuz I like I'm just like how young is Bean supposed to be?
0: He's supposed to be like 27 or something like that. Yeah. So he's only a couple years younger than John? He's like 10 years younger than him or something? Yeah. Did you see this? One? No.
1: I grew up after in the ruins.
3: Then we meet Sarah.
0: S- yeah. Sarah
3: Connor.
0: <laughs> Who's having a real hard time of it.
3: She rides on a moped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With that hair.
3: Yes, that 80s short hair. Oh,
0: It's windblown naturally.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bean has found her, but he's not approaching her yet. I don't know why. He's following her no, around. No, he needs
0: the robot to reveal himself.
3: Right, that's right. Because they can't tell who the Terminator is because they look so human-like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good job.
0: They look human. Sweat, bad breath, everything. Very hard to spot. I had to wait till he moved on you before I could zero him.
3: Would he know how to drive a car?
0: Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but he knows how to drive one that has the stick shift in the steering column. Or the shifter knob, I guess you would say. It's not actually a stick shift, but yeah. So we're just going to fudge all of that. We
3: do see that they do have vehicles in the future. So... I guess it's possible. Yeah. Would he know traffic laws? <laughs> <I don't>
0: know. <laughs> there are all sorts of questions that we're not gonna get answers to. It's also an issue that and they try to kind of wave their hand at it with the robots, knowing what's going on at the time. They say that all the records were destroyed. And so they know a lot of information. They just don't know specifics. Mm-hmm. So, which is why in the scene we're gonna see with Schwarzenegger, he goes and he meets Dick Miller. In the gun shop, and he buys all of his guns, and he just asks for all the guns. He asks for, he like, a... He not
3: buy shit!
0: <laughs> he asks for, like, a phase laser cannon or something An like Uzi. that. <laughs> yeah. An Uzi 9mm. <laughs> and... Any shop owner worth his salt would not put ammo on the table. Oh, I know. 100%.
3: Exactly, because this is exactly the type of thing that would happen. Exactly. You don't need a Terminator to go crazy.
0: He starts loading the shotgun, and Dick Miller can only get out. Oh, you can't do that. And then, boom, Schwarzenegger shoots him.
3: Wrong. (laughs) Yes, I can. And he he takes all the ammo. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can do what I want. Anyway, so we get to see Sarah at her job. She's working a shit job. Life's going nowhere. Yeah. Then we get to see Arnold. So once he's got his weapons, it's so great. There's this asshole on the phone and he's like, Baby, my car broke down. You gotta come get me. I don't care what the fuck you're doing, come get me. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger just pushed out of the way to take to, to look at the phone book. And the guy goes, You got a real attitude problem. Yeah, man. Yeah, he just
0: kind of says it weekly <laughs> because, like the punk should have recognized, he is gigantic. He's not super tall. But
3: the he man is huge. built, and it doesn't take a genius to see that. Yes. So Arnold, who is not, as Chris said, is not privy to specifics, is just going to go down the line, which is why her name is Sarah Connor, because it is such a typical name. There's a bunch in the phone book. So,
0: a few things about that. First, to be clear, he knows her first name and her last name and, and the city she lives in. That's it. Even though they're they're labeled with middle names and, and middle initials, that won't help him at all. So, he he starts working his way down the list. That's what he does. But in reality, there would be... Way more Sarah Connors I life.
3: would think so Way they, more They showed like Three Well no She's the third on the list But when he looks at it Oh I
0: thought there only were three I thought she was just the last one
3: No When he looks at it There's like two after her name But that's it And it's uh-huh. like uh, Ah yeah. no There'd be more <laughs> But In fact Oh my god Once I had a, a customer And I checked her her ID And I was like Oh How often do you get asked What I forget what I said I said something about her name. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, Sarah Kana. And then she just kind of gave me a look like, oh. <laughs> yeah, my whole life. <laughs> anyway, he goes to the first house and the dog starts barking at him, which tells us that dogs know that he's not real. Yep. He knocks on the door, which always makes me laugh. I'm like, why would you look at But uh, he does. And he's like, Sarah Kana. Yes. Boom.
2: Yeah. Dead.
3: Back to the real Sarah Connor at work. And her friend is like, oh, look, you're dead, honey. Because on the on the news, it's like yeah. Sarah Connor is, has been brutally murdered. Then we see Michael Bean and he curls up in a car in a junkyard and falls asleep and dreams about... His world, and that's where we find that kids are eating rats, Mm -hmm. and that they're on the brink of starvation, and that even in these tiny little holes that they have, like they get raided by robots all the time. Uh, And
0: we see that the dogs bark at the at at the Terminator that comes in and raids that place. He hot wires the car incorrectly, by the way. Did you notice that? I wouldn't know. I feel like we talked about how hot wiring a car works. Yeah, so. When you put a key in the ignition and you turn it, it makes this connection, and that triggers the starter, and the starter starts the engine. What you don't need to do is once you trigger it by by connecting them and they spark like that, tie you don't you don't tie them together. It's it's basically like you're keeping the the ignition turned forward.
3: Well, maybe James Cameron was trying to stop people <laughs> from learning how to how to get into cars through his movie.
0: Yeah, so there are there are in fact.
3: That's it's the same thing in Fight Club. They tell you the wrong way to make a home bomb bomb on on purpose. Yeah,
0: there are, in fact, wires that you do connect all the time, but it's not the starter wire.
3: We also see that he was a warrior in his time and that he saw many people die in the pursuit of going after these robots. Okay, so back to Sarah and her roommate. They're making a big deal about like, look at all the technology that we need because they've got all these wires and Mm -hmm. girls, you know, doing all this stuff. She's listening to music while she's drying her hair. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. The
0: in 80s, man.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And so the phone rings and Sarah answers it. And what does he say?
0: Down your neck to your bare gleaming (laughs) breast, and then slowly, slowly pull your jeans off inch by inch and lick your belly in circles further and further down, and then pull your panties off with my teeth.
3: And that's when Sarah interjects and is just like, who is this? It's it's really great. The guy gets like, oh, Sarah, I thought it was your roommate. And it's even better when Sarah is like, it's the creep. And she gives the phone to her. And as soon as she gets on the phone, he restarts. First,
2: I'm going to rip the buttons off your blouse (laughs) one by one. It's it's great. It's very good.
3: And when they're done, uh, the roommate puts her arm around Sarah and says, better than any mortal man deserves. And it's just like. You look at them. <laughs> look at what they're wearing. <laughs> but it's so great. God, I wish I was in the '80s. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, if I could just be live in the '80s or the '50s. Oh, my life would be so happy. But it's
0: so much worse in many other ways. It is. It is.
3: The fashion. Oh, I love it. Anyway, so they're getting ready to leave to go out on their dates because it's Friday night. And uh, Sarah says, have you checked the messages while she's looking for her iguana yeah. Pugsley? Which is so unimportant to the it's story. It's so
0: random. It's
3: super random, but whatever. Pugsley
0: scares the roommate once.
3: Yeah. I'm going to make a belt out of you. <laughs> but then she hears that her dickhead boyfriend canceled.
0: That dickhead boyfriend? Yeah. James Cameron.
3: Hi, Sarah. Dan Morski. Uh, something's come up and it looks like I won't be able to make it tonight. Uh, I just can't get out of it. Look, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll make it up to you. Call you in a day or so, okay? Sorry. Bye. Um.
0: So what if he
1: has a Porsche? He can't
3: treat you like this. It's Friday night, for Christ's sake.
0: The two of them would be married later.
3: And then divorced. And then
0: divorced, yes. Subsequently divorced.
3: A lot of people blamed their divorce for why she was not in the third one. But didn't you just say that James Cameron didn't even do the third
0: one? He didn't do the third one, no. So
3: I don't know what they're talking about. But from what I heard, it was...
0: Maybe she didn't want to be involved in his franchise or something. Who knows?
3: But from what I heard, she didn't want to do it again because she didn't want to get back in shape. (laughs) Because... She's ripped at the second one.
0: Oh yeah, uh-huh. she, and
3: and she said like it's it was a lot of training and it fucking sucks. Uh huh. Nobody's happy when they have to train all the time, so it's pretty great. The roommate gets mad on behalf of her friend. It's like it's Friday night for Christ's sake. Uh huh. And then I love Sarah's response of "I'll live." <laughs> yes, you will, yes, Sarah you Connor. Will. So. Matt comes to pick up his date, to pick up her roommate, and she's just going to go out and see a movie by herself. But before we can see what happens with Sarah, we meet the cops.
0: Yes. So, the cops are played by Paul Winfield, who's the lieutenant, and Lance Henriksen, who's the detective that works for him.
3: There has apparently been a second murder.
0: Yes, which we don't get to see.
3: Of another Sarah Connor. And... They're talking about it, and it's just like, well, shit, what do we do? And the lieutenant is just like, well, what if, maybe if I get on the news, I can get a hold, I can, because they've been trying to get a hold of all of the Sarah Connors, but mm-hmm. the next one in the phone book, they, they can't get a hold of her, because she's not at home. So he's like, well, maybe if I get on the news, we'll get a hold of her that way. And as he's walking out, he asks, how do I look? And... Lance Hendrickson says, like, shit. And Lieutenant says, yo, mama. (laughs) Which I've always loved because kids thought that yo, mama was new when I was in Uh high school. It's like, no, (laughs) stop!
1: How do I look? Like shit, boss. Yo, mama.
3: Sarah is sitting eating dinner in a bar. And she hears the news come on and they're talking about the thing. And one guy's like, can we change this? And then she very dramatically runs up don't touch it
0: yeah which is why when she stops paying attention the the barback is still there like like just staring at her like can 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 we change the channel now <laughs>
3: <laughs> so she immediately runs to the phone but the phone is out of order so um now she's very uncomfortable and nervous because now she knows
0: somebody's somebody's
3: looking for her uh-huh. and of course she immediately picks up on. Michael Bean. And one might argue well he'd be better at concealing himself and I'm like not I don't really know. Yeah. He, he's never, he's never had to follow society. someone yeah. before.
0: Well he's yeah he's never lived in a society and had to blend in as a normal person
3: like that, Exactly. You know? yeah. So I do believe that he wouldn't be good at concealing himself. And I just
0: love this concept that she's worried about the man who's there to protect her because it's creepy as fuck and he might as he might well be the guy who's coming to kill her i think that's really a great concept
3: so she just goes into some random club trying to use their phone but to get in she has to pay do you know what she paid to get into a club
0: it's like 450 or something
3: 450. like that 450 yeah <laughs> oh my god
0: uh-huh. she just gets right in no line and the, do you remember what the club's name is
3: Tech Noir.
0: Tech Noir. yeah so that's not Really, what the there's no real club technoir, or there might be now, I'm sure. But at the time, that was a name that Cameron came up with because he recognized that this was a horror movie, but he didn't want it to be just written off as like a slasher film. And so he coined this term technoir. But you know, like Blade Runner falls into this, which I. Like that sort of eighties futurism sort of thing, I I like calling it neon noir. I love that <laughs> that sort of style. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tech noir. It's very prominently displayed later on when Schwarzenegger shows up.
3: Yes, there's an awesome song playing. This is my dream. God, yeah. I just
0: go into an eighties club. Just
3: want to live in an eighties club and <laughs> dance for the rest of my life. I hope that's what my heaven is like. So, Arnold has found the home of our Sarah Connor, but yep. she is not there. Yep. Matt and the friend are there, but the friend has her headphones on. They've made that a big deal this entire time. Uh-huh. So Matt is tasked with trying to save her, and she has no idea they're fighting. So they're in the bedroom, and she's in the kitchen making sandwiches, And it's such a fun scene. I know that sounds weird because the Terminator is just killing people. But, like, it's so much fun because she's in there dancing, has no idea what's going on. And then Matt's like, don't make me bust you up, man. And it's like, again, look at this guy, Uh you know. And it's so good. It's, It's incredible how James Cameron can make... You laugh while at the same time scaring you, while at the same time making you feel sympathetic for characters. Uh-huh. He's a really good director. And you and if he wrote this, he's an yeah. incredible writer as well. Anybody who ever wants to give shit to Cameron because of Avatar, whatever. Well. Whatever. <laughs> Look at what he's created.
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's famous and prominent for a fucking reason. Yes. But. What is he doing with that fame? That's something completely different. He's basically living under the ocean. That's what he's doing with it. Living under the ocean. No, <laughs> he spends all his time under the ocean. I think he is—he uh, uh. is credited as going like the deepest in the ocean that anyone's ever gone, or something like
3: that. Well, supposedly that's why he made Titanic because he wanted to do an under-seat. Yes, seat he, t- he
0: wanted to go down there, <laughs> so he just made a whole movie about it. As an excuse. That's kind of what he does now. <laughs> James Cameron. Cool dude. Really talented. And can do whatever he wants now.
3: <laughs> Good for him. Okay. So Sarah has been calling and calling and calling the police, but she can't get through. Uh, she finally gets through and... And it's the lieutenant that she's been trying to get a hold of And she tells him, I'm in tech noir And do you know what his response is? Yeah, I know where that is Why does this lieutenant... He's a cop, he knows the city I guess
0: He's probably had to show up there before I
3: just... It always (laughs) made me think of this backstory That he's really a dancer And like, goes moonlighting at dance clubs on the weekends It's always (laughs) made me laugh So, But she needs
0: to stay in public. He's like, do not go. You're in a public place. Stay there. Be visible. Be around other people and you'll be safe.
3: Because if this was a normal person, she probably would be safe, which is exactly what we always say, which is why movies like Happy Death Day 2 make no fucking sense. Uh (laughs) Anyway. Oh, God, more music. You got me burning. (laughs) It's so good. And it's playing while the Terminator comes in and breaks the manager's head. You got me burning. It's so fucking good. This movie is so good. I love the Terminator (laughs) franchise. So
0: she's trying to focus on Michael Bean, who's now like just like mad dog staring at her. And she's really, really uncomfortable. And while she's looking at him,
3: no, she bends down, which is why the Terminator doesn't see her at first,
0: right? But that's like in that moment. So she looks at him, and then like she does, she drop something or something. Yes,
3: her purse falls or something. Yeah, uh
0: huh. And when she looks back up there's the Terminator, and he lifts his gun with his laser sight, which wouldn't do anything, by the way, because his vision is in red, he wouldn't be able to see the laser sight.
3: But that doesn't mean that the gun wouldn't do it. If that's what the gun does, that's just what the gun does.
0: No, so, okay, interesting you bring this up. I didn't put this in my notes, but I know this is the case. Laser sights in 1984 were not as advanced as this. In 1984, they required, like, gigantic battery packs, and so what they did is they had to put one inside his coat and run a cable down his sleeve in order to power that that laser, and so... They put it on there because they thought it looked cool with zero regard as to its actual functionality. <laughs> Nowadays, no, they don't require these giant uh, battery packs, or at least not as obtrusive ones.
3: So he's pointing the gun at her, and she's just in shock. And Bean jumps in and shoots him,
0: but shoves somebody out of the way.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, cuz Bean has no desire to kill anybody. No. So, yeah, he he and that's the problem too is that he's trying to get people out of the fucking way to get at the terminator. And the problem is, is that even when he does shoot the terminator, it doesn't matter. He just gets right back up. Yeah. And this is when we get the line.
0: Come with me if you want to live. Yes. Okay, come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live is one of the most famous lines from this franchise. Pop quiz. Is it used more or less than I'll Be Back?
3: Not counting the new movie because we haven't seen it?
0: Yeah, we haven't seen the new movie. We can't account for that. Although we do know it does appear in the new movie. I'll Be Back does. We don't know if Come With Me If You Want to Live is in it.
3: I feel like they're probably the same. I think they say each of those in all the movies.
0: Come With Me If You Want to Live, not counting novels and comics, but counting other things. Oh, okay. Is used more Then I'll be back. I'll be back. Slightly fewer times is used in the Terminator. T2. Twice, if you count when John's friend says it in the arcade, as like a little reference before it's used later in the movie. It's used in T3, but not actually. There are three variations of it in T3. They say, she'll be back. I'll be back by the time you're up. And I'm back.
3: That doesn't count.
0: Right. So then we have... Three times, and only if you count John's friend.
3: Oh.
0: Even though I'll Be Back was voted the number 37 movie quote by AFI in their list of the 100 greatest movie lines.
3: Well, it's shorter.
0: Yeah, I guess. So it's easier to remember. But Come With Me If You Want to Live is used in The Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, Terminator The Sarah Connor Chronicles twice. There is a variation in... Terminator 3 where John Connor says to his girlfriend,
3: Oh, Claire Danes.
0: Claire Danes. Get in, do you want to live? Come on. So, we won't count that one. No. But it's used in T3: The Redemption, which is the game based on the movie that came out on the PS2, and T2 3D Battle Across Time, the Universal Studios show, which we saw. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. You took
3: the ride away. Yeah. The last time we went is the last time we'll ever go. Yeah. Well, thank God we went and saw it.
0: And the but I'm talking about the show, not yeah. the ride. No, 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 the 3D stage show. Yeah, yeah. Different from the ride.
3: That's so fucking sad. Yeah. Uh-huh. I loved that.
0: Oh no, it's great. Show, but it's still. And I
3: fucking loved that Edward Furlong. He was in it. And. Linda Hamilton, Hamilton and Arnold, Arnold were all in it. Yep. That was the best mm-hmm. part about it. Yep. And it was so great because the actors that they picked would always slightly resemble them. And they they wouldn't talk. And you'd hear the actual voices. The coolest fucking thing. Yeah, but
0: for some reason, they're all wearing the exact same thing they were wearing in the movie. <laughs> and yeah.
3: <laughs> that fucking sucks. I know. I know. God damn it, Universal. <laughs> Okay, so it's it's so great. I don't did they do any prosthetics on him on Arnold when he's just wand, like walking? Cause he looks mechanical. It's no. great. No, he it's does, all him. He does an excellent job. Mm-hmm. I mean, like his face even I mean I know he's just a chiseled dude, but like even his face looks mechanical. So yeah. He, he yeah, he commits. He did mm-hmm. a great job. They get into a car and Sarah is just in shock, can't talk. And- yeah. And Michael Bean is trying to tell her what to do and all this stuff and he's just like, "Do you understand?" because she's not responding. She goes, "Don't hurt me." And I'm like, I've always wondered about that because I'm like, he just saved you.
0: Right. Well, she's she's panicking.
3: Right. I know. She's panicking. It's a scary situation. But it's odd to me that she would just be like, "Don't hurt me." And it's just like, "No, I just saved your life." Yeah. So he explains to her You've been targeted for termination. Yeah. It's a very important that you live. And he's explaining all this stuff, like he's a robot, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, I'm not stupid. I know that we can't make that stuff. He's like, no, you can't. But in 40 years, you'll be able to. And she's just like, you're from the future? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. And uh-huh. that's when she he she tries to get away. He stops her. She bites his hand. And he says, cyborgs don't feel pain. I do. Don't do that again. Cyborgs
0: don't feel pain. I do. Don't do that again. And she says, just let me go. And he responds with, listen and understand that Terminator is out there. there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity
2: or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. (laughs)
3: To which she asks, why me? And that's what gets him telling her the story. The machines started it. We thought it was a nuclear war, but in fact, the the machines turned on us. They were supposed to, they were supposed to automatically start nuclear war if they felt that there was a threat. Yeah. And they decided that all of humanity was a threat.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Which is not an unheard of trope in science fiction.
3: Absolutely not. And
0: I mean, that's kind of like the matrix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although with the Animatrix they get into, there's it's all about like civil rights in actu- actually in actuality.
3: I never saw it. But I mean that's yeah, it's an extremely typical theme. But it's one that has always scared me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm I'm against making artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah, in charge of certain things, I think, yeah.
3: Like, I'm fine with where we're at, and I think it needs to stop. I know scientists would call me, you know, you're not, you're, what about progress? And I'm just like, uh nah, dude, no. (laughs) I'm good, Yeah, I'm good. You you know what that means, Kelsey. What?
0: You've officially become old.
3: No. (laughs) I'm all for... Progress in most places But when it comes to I will never have A self-driving car Fuck that noise Uh When we get to the point Where you can't buy A normal car anymore I'm gonna be like Well I guess I'm just fucked Yeah I am never getting into A car that can drive itself Because that will be the day That they turn red And kill us all
0: (laughs) They turn red That's awesome It is in this moment too That Kyle Reese Calls him a cyborg (laughs)
3: Like a robot Not a robot
0: cyborg cybernetic organism he's not a cyborg people that's not what a cyborg is so he explains the concept that in order to go back in time in their time machine they have to send it through encased in biological tissue right so why they don't just send any other robot in a square of tissue Like, I don't. Well, no,
3: because they wanted him to be able to. Right,
0: right, right. So they send that version back. But you can't just send back anything mechanical. That's why they show up naked. Yes. Right? Okay. He is a robot encased in skin. Yes. That is not a cyborg. He's just a robot. A cyborg is more like, say, Robocop. Robocop's a cyborg.
3: Have you got a definition? about this? Like, where are you getting this from? Is this just your opinion?
0: No, that's, a true cyborg cannot survive without its organic components. Yeah? And he very much survives without his organic components. It's a mixture of the biological and the mechanical. That's what a cyborg is.
3: Oh, so it requires that.
0: Yes. He's just a robot encased in flesh. Yeah, But they use the term cyborg over and over again. He's more of, a, of an android. An android is a robot that's meant to resemble a human.
3: Yes, and I don't think we should ever make those. Yeah. So, he explains that at first, some humans were kept alive to be used as slaves, but eventually they were just starting to kill them off, and one man got us to fight
0: John Connor.
3: John Connor. At some point during all of this conversation we learn that not only is Arnold Schwarzenegger unkillable, he can also imitate voices. Yeah. So that's a thing to remember. That's about going to come him. up later. Arnold Schwarzenegger finds them because he has stolen a cop car and that's oh that's how we learn he can Sit, use other voices because he kills the cop, and then he uses the cop's voice. Yeah, he's hearing them say, "Oh, we think he they're there," and so he finds them. This is when they start driving, and this is one of those great car chase scenes uh-huh. where they're shooting out the windows at each other and they're
0: driving on sidewalks. And- what
3: you guys really need to understand is that I hate action movies but I am all about this. Uh-huh. Oh my God, do I love these car chase scenes. And like, normally I get so bored with car chase scenes. But uh-huh. so, this is so good. And it's great because Bean yells at her, drive! And yeah. he gets out the window and is shooting.
0: Because it's like, it's, it, it is, it's not just a car chase. This is a slasher movie. It has all the bones of a slasher movie. It's just those bones that are a mechanical robots bones. So it's like, Imagine if you have Jamie Lee Curtis running from Michael Myers, except it's happening in a car with guns.
3: Mm -hmm. Like, that's
0: what this is.
3: Sarah sees before Bean does that they're about to run into a wall. Uh So she pulls the brake. And that forces Arnold Schwarzenegger to crash into the wall. Uh Because he doesn't care because he won't die. So they stop. And the cops, of of course, showed up. And at first, Bean's about to go out guns blazing, uh-huh. and Sarah stops him and says, they will kill you. Yeah. And when the cops approach the other cop car,
0: He's Schwarzenegger gone. is gone. Now, kind of a, I don't know if you'd call this a plot hole or not. Later on, we can see uh, there is no reason why the Terminator would run right now. They They kind of make the point that he needs to do repairs. Yeah. But it's not like crazy evident. He's not so damaged that he couldn't take out a couple cops.
3: Well, no, but he can't I I doubt that he would risk uh people knowing because at that point his face is all fucked up and you can tell he's not human anymore. And so, if the cops were to say that like over the radio, he'd kind of be fucked.
0: Well, I mean, he just shot up a public place, his description alone.
3: But he didn't look like a robot.
0: But why does that matter if people have his description?
3: But they don't know that he, I I think he would need to keep the fact that he's a robot secret. Uh I feel like that would be part of his programming. Okay. I just assume. Because again, if people find out that he's a robot, they're going to be a lot more coming after him.
0: Yeah, I guess they'd send more heavier stuff. Maybe. Maybe.
3: That's what I would yeah, think.
0: Yeah, okay. So a combination of those factors then. Okay. So now we get the cop moment of the movie.
3: Yes, and this is where we meet the asshole therapist that we will hate in this movie and, and in the next movie. Movies. yeah. But good for that guy. He got to be in both Terminators. <laughs> so he is interviewing Reese. And Reese explains, we had won and the, and the robots knew it, which is why they did this last ditch effort And Uh sent the Terminator back to kill her, because she's going to birth John Connor, and John Connor is the reason that we had won.
0: I think that's something that we need to remember as we start talking about the time travel logic. We are not going to get into a conversation about whether the time travel in this movie is possible. Looper. It's it's not. Looper. None of the time travel stories in any movie is possible. They all fall apart upon closer examination. We're not going to waste time on that. But- One thing to consider, a lot of people ask, well, why don't they just do this? Why don't they just do that? You need to remember that this time travel element, this is the robots being desperate. They have no idea if this is going to work. They are desperate. That's why one robot goes back. And that's why Reese says they destroy the time travel machine after they send him through. He's it. Yeah, he's the and, only and thing standing between them and annihilation.
3: And the therapist says, "Well, then, how are you going to get back?" And he's like, "No one goes back." Yeah, and that's the problem it, because he has no proof. Yeah, it, it makes him sound like he's a crazy person. If that, if somebody told me that, I would assume they were crazy, like, unless I had seen the Terminator. You know, which they do, but then they pretend they didn't.
0: He has another really great line here. When he starts losing it, that they're not believing him and he knows it, he says, you still don't get it, do you? He'll find her. That's That's what what he does. does. That is all he
2: does. does. You can't stop him.
3: He'll wait for you,
2: reach down her throat, and pull her fucking heart out.
0: Such a great line.
3: (laughs) He's yelling at the camera, like telling them to stop. And the cops are like, dude. And the therapist quickly turns it off, which is our first key into the fact that this therapist is a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, he treats Reese-like shit, but at the same time, again, I think anyone would think he was crazy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, cut to Arnold. Arnold is fixing his face. Yes. And we get the famous scene with the eye twitching, Uh which is exactly how I've always said that's what the Teddy Ruxpin looked like that Uh my brother had. But there's a little thing that happens here that I've always just been like, huh. Interesting. He washes his hands when he's done. hmm And he dries them like this.
0: He, like, flaps them, yeah. i like,
3: that was way too human. <laughs> I've always felt that was just so human, you know? Like, that's a human mm-hmm. thing. I cu- Like, why the fuck would a robot care if his hands are yeah. wet?
0: He also changes his clothes, but I imagine that's because his old clothes were damaged. Yes. But where does he get those new clothes from? I don't know. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that. There's a lot of that kind of shit in this movie.
3: Okay, back at the cop station. Uh, the lieutenant tells Sarah, go to sleep.
0: Take a nap on the couch. Uh,
3: you'll be perfectly safe. There's tons of cops in Until here. Until? Your mother comes. Yeah,
0: it's going to take her a while to get here from Big Bear. It'll be about an hour.
3: Arnold, after fixing himself up, comes to the police station. As he comes in. The therapist is walking out. Why doesn't the therapist see the Terminator? Do you remember? No. His beeper goes off. Oh. That's why he doesn't see him. Interesting. Yeah. I've always liked that.
0: Uh-huh.
3: I've always thought that was really cute.
0: Mm-hmm. And he manages to survive into the next movie.
3: Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> he, he, Arnold walks in and he's lying. Is like, oh, it's my friend and I want to see her. No, you can't see her, uh, blah, blah, blah.
0: They're they're still taking your statement or whatever. It's going to be a bit, yeah.
3: (laughs) And this is when Arnold says...
0: Well, he looks around. He looks down one hallway, down the other. He looks at the structure that's separating him and the cop in front of him.
3: I'm assessing the situation. Uh That's from Oliver.
0: And he says...
3: I'll be back.
0: Yes. I'll be back. When he performed that line, Schwarzenegger insisted to Cameron... A robot wouldn't use a contraction. He would say, I will be back.
3: Probably. I agree with that.
0: And so he he insisted he say, I will be back. And Cameron was like, that's not cool enough. He basically said, I don't come to where you work and slap the dick out of your mouth. He didn't say that. He said, I don't tell you how to act. You don't tell me how to write.
1: When I read the I'll be back line. I said to Jim Gammon, I said, to me it sounds weird when I say, I'll be back. I said, and he says, well, how would you say it? And I said, I will be back. And he says, no. I think it sounds better, I'll be back. I said, but it's more machine-like, we say, I will be back. He says, look, I don't correct your acting, don't correct my writing, okay? And that, that was it. And so he says, look, we just say it 10 times in a row. I said, we just say it and say it and say it until we get it right, and then we can pick one or the other. I understand that you don't feel comfortable with David, the, the, Al, uh, and all but let's just shoot it. And so that's what we did.
0: And he did the line, and now it's one of the most famous lines ever in any movie ever. And Schwarzenegger talks about this a lot. Schwarzenegger's the kind of guy, when he talks about his movies, he's very, very literal. If you ever watch one of Schwarzenegger's movies, watch it with the audio commentary on. It's brilliant. <laughs> He just kind of narrates what's happening on the screen. T3 especially.
1: (laughs) This scene with the enlargement of the breasts was fantastic. Because, again, it was one of those things. I mean, in the movie, it was used kind of like, okay, if that's what guys would like to see, if this this world deals with big breasts, then so be it. I'm going to just have bigger breasts. But in the audience, it was this uh, kind of like immediately you saw women... Sitting there telling each other is oh, that's a great idea you have to check out where where you get that done because there's some guys that like little press and there's some guys that like big press, so it wouldn't it be nice if you can play both sides you know Sometimes even simultaneously.
0: He talks about about it like, yeah, no, when I say these lines, I have no idea they're going to be huge. I think part of it is because I have a funny accent. Aww. And no, he doesn't care. <laughs> he knows that's part of what made him famous. And so it's like in the moment, you just don't know. And then later on, everyone's repeating that line back to you.
1: <laughs> I, of course, had no idea that anyone would ever repeat it. Period. When the movie came out, people coming up to me and says, Say the line, say the line, Arnold. And it was like amazing the excitement that you saw amongst people when I said this line. I think that we don't know ahead of time You know, even when I said, hasta la vista, baby. I think it may be the way I say it that makes it then kind of unique because it's like also when we did the movie, uh, you know, Kindergarten Cop and I said to the kids, it's not a tumor, it's not a tumor at all. So it's like the way I say tumor and all this like, I just pronounce chapa, you know, I don't pronounce the ERs and all this kind of stuff. And I think that it is a lot of times the way I say it, but I don't think you ever know when you look at the script that this line will be repeated very often.
3: Well, according to him, we just watched an interview with him and Linda, and he says that they it took like 25 times to get that line right, Yeah, as James wanted it.
0: And what Linda Hamilton says, because, okay, a little bit of a spoiler here, they say it in interviews, Linda Hamilton has the line in the new movie, Dark Fate, and it took her like 40 or 50 shots because she kept saying it in Arnold Schwarzenegger's accent. Because she just could not. I just got to say do you know
1: how hard it was to not say it like you we did 100 takes of that that all sounded exactly like Arnold because there's no way you can't do it like Arnold to try to say it unlike Arnold (sighs) biggest biggest task that I've ever had to perform on screen. But you shouldn't feel bad about it because when I did the first movie Terminator 1 and I said I'll be back. I also said it a hundred times Jim Cameron was not happy With the way I said it (laughs) So he kept rolling and kept rolling And kept rolling So the next guy you get a hundred for free And then you're on your own
3: So he just rams His car inside (laughs) the police Station
0: So good And then he just wrecks shop In this police station Killing fucking Everyone Yes There are 30 cops there. We see him kill like 16 or 17. Like, it is nuts. Bean manages to get out in all of the chaos. Kyle Reese. And finds Sarah Connor. And they manage to escape. Escape. And they get into a car. Eventually, the car runs out of gas. And they hide under a bridge. Rashid dresses the wounds. Terminator goes off. We don't know where yet. He just, he disappears. We don't know what happens. And so then they have a talk.
3: Sarah is. Oh, by the way,
0: that's it for the cops. No more cops. Rest of the movie.
3: So Sarah is obviously very upset. And she's just like, just talk to me. And Bean's like, what about? And she says, tell me about my son. And he says very irreverently, he has your eyes. He's a person that you just trust. He's got a strength. I would die for John Connor. And then Sarah asks, what about his father? And he says, I don't really know. I know that he dies before the... And then she stops him and says, don't tell me. I don't want to know.
0: Yeah. She gets upset at him because she just can't believe it. Because he tells her... John Connor told me that he learned everything he knows about survival from his mom. And she's like, fucking look at me. Am I tough, organized? I can't even balance my checkbook. I didn't ask for this. I don't want it. Any of it. And Reese says to her, your son gave me a message to give to you. He made me memorize it. Thank you, Sarah, for your courage through the dark years. I can't help you with what you must soon face, except to say that the future is not set. And that's going to be a key element of the Terminator franchise. No
3: fate, but what we make.
0: Which is from T two. She's gonna go
3: after the guy. (laughs) I've seen T two a lot.
0: (laughs) You must be stronger than you imagine you can be. You must survive, or I will never exist.
3: That's all. It's a lot to put on a person's shoulders. It really is. (laughs) You're the you're the mother of the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> she asks him, well, why did you come? And he says, I volunteered. Mm-hmm. Then she's like, okay, tell me about your world. And this is where we get to see even more of his world. And when she wakes up, do you remember how she wakes up?
0: Is she like in his lap or something?
3: She is in his lap? Yeah. And he is brushing the hair off of her face? Uh-huh. Now, here's the thing. We all know what happens, but... Holy shit, dude.
0: He's in love with her. Yeah.
3: She's not in love with him yet.
0: Yeah, but she...
3: But they're going to share a lifetime together, (laughs) so it doesn't matter. (laughs) I love this movie, but it's very silly. Uh, So
0: So when they wake up, they go and they find a motel. And there's a dog there at the front, which is additional help. That, I think, is James Cameron's dog, actually. I want to say I'm not entirely positive about that. And they go and they get a room. So he goes to buy supplies. And while he's gone,
3: she calls her house. Yes, her mom's house.
0: Her mom's house. Now, here's a question. Your mom was already coming down to LA to pick you up from the LAPD. That particular police station gets shot the fuck up and you're nowhere to be found. And she goes home?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, eh. And we know she
0: did go home, or she never left. And why she never would have left is also weird. Yeah. It's not like it's just, oh, the Terminator's pretending to be the mom. No, the mom went home.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: We know because...
3: We see her dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so who knows? It's it's a small contrivance. It's an over- And again,
0: <laughs> the movie is full of this shit. Mm-hmm. Full of
3: it. Uh, and so using his, her mother's voice, the Terminator talks to her. And it's it's fun because they don't show you that at first. And she yeah. thinks she's talking to her mom. And her mom's just like, I'm worried sick, dear. You've got to tell me where you are.
0: Yeah. So I'm not supposed to do that. and But eventually she gives her a number to call. I'm at a motel. Here's the number. And the Terminator immediately calls that number back and... The reception, the guy at the reception answers and says the name of the motel.
3: Give me your address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Reese comes back and he's got all these supplies and he's showing her how to make uh, bombs, basically. Yeah,
0: pipe bombs. And, and they're not making them right, but it's okay. They're not? No.
3: Oh, you already said that, didn't
0: you? Well, yeah, but he he makes, he makes her, like, twist the bomb closed. Canisters.
3: Huh? They're canisters.
0: Yes. But he makes her twist it closed before they fed the wick through. So now it's just closed and there's no way to get the wick through it. Like, who cares? It doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) But it is an inconsistency here. But they're making bombs together and it's sweet.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're doing all this shit. And uh, she says a, a good line. It will never be over, will it? She also says, you must be pretty disappointed. And he goes, I'm not. I'm not disappointed at all. And then she says, what are the women like in your time? (laughs) And him being an idiot about girls is like, they're good fighters. Yeah. No. I mean, is there someone special? No. Never. Never?
0: Kyle Reese is a virgin. (laughs) Ah!
3: He has to have sex once in his life. Uh-huh. And once. It's
0: exactly once. Precisely once.
3: And it's perfect sex.
0: And it gets her pregnant. Yes.
3: <laughs> wow. So good. Yeah.
0: So anyway, they fuck.
3: Yes. So No, but before they do... She says, so much pain she's touching his <laughs> uh-huh. chest. And he says, pain can be controlled. So you feel nothing?
0: <laughs> so, Orion gave James Cameron two notes. They yeah. wanted two changes to this movie. What were they? Number one, Kyle Reese should go back in time with a robot dog. And they're like, no. <laughs> James Cameron says no.
2: What?
3: <laughs> Robot dog Okay
0: Which doesn't make any sense because they use real dogs Yeah that yeah. doesn't
3: work within the storyline Exactly
0: Number two Was to build up the relationship between Sarah Connor And Kyle Reese
3: So is all this added
0: Yes He made that concession he's like yeah So it's not just like they just fuck because they're alone And they're desperate or whatever <laughs> No, he plays up the relationship angle about how he's always loved her, like that sort Sarah, of thing.
3: Sarah, I love you. I always have.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I just met you an hour ago. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he, and he, it's because he gives her the picture and he says, you seemed a little sad. I always wondered what you were thinking about.
0: Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lie That would
3: so work It would work <laughs> if A man from the future gave me a picture And told me I always wondered what you were thinking about I've always loved you I'd just be like just melt. Ah! Yes <laughs> Let's make love <laughs> And so. then afterwards Now they're all cutesy together Think fast <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, but, which she does, by the way, with a bag full of pipe bombs. Uh,
2: uh,
0: so they hear the dog barking. And that's what tips them off that the Terminator has shown up.
3: Because dogs don't just bark. No.
0: But it makes them, they're on edge, right? Right, yes. They're a little bit more comfortable now, but still, any noise. What the fuck? So they manage to escape in a truck. And the Terminator chases them on a motorcycle. He's throwing pipe bombs out the truck while she's driving. So we're in another one of these scenarios. The bombs keep going off, but missing the Terminator. Eventually, Kyle gets shot in the gut. And she freaks out and she's all upset. She manages to crash into his motorcycle, knocking him off of his motorcycle uh, but the truck spins out and flips over. <laughs> so they're all fucked up and she's trying to drag scene. them away. This yeah. is
3: another excellent chase scene.
0: The Terminator hijacks a truck. Yep. He gets hit by the truck first. Yep. <laughs> and then he steals the truck. The d- other dude who's in the truck runs away, I think, right? Or does he get tossed out? I don't remember.
3: No, he... Uh, he- Gets out of the car. He's like, oh, shit, are you okay? (laughs) The Terminator just, like, hits him.
0: (laughs) So now they're running away from this giant truck, which is then referenced again in T2 later on. uh, And they're running away from it. And Kyle hides behind, like, a dumpster or something like that while Sarah continues to run, and he tells her to run. And he lights a pipe bomb and throws it in the exhaust pipe of this truck while she's running away.
3: Put a banana in the tailpipe. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. And then he jumps into the garbage truck, which is good because flaming debris comes falling down on the garbage truck. Yes. But the whole – it's not a garbage truck. It's like a tanker truck. Uh, But the whole thing just explodes. And you can see there's, like, nothing left. It's just rubble. And they're kind of like, yay, we did it! Ha ha! Like, it would be a freeze frame in any other movie.
3: Yes. And then the machine.
0: It gets back up.
3: Yeah. And
0: it has the same limp that... Schwarzenegger has when he walks towards the truck after he gets run over. You can see there's something wrong with what would be his Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. It's like disconnected or it's broken right there. So it's it's kind of cool. Apparently, though, one informed the other. So the endoskeleton was designed by Stan Winston and his team, who are just incredible makeup and special effects artists. They're just world renowned. Uh, But they did actually build the thing. (laughs) out of metal and it was apparently crazy heavy. It's the first time they made anything kind of like this? I
3: thought it was claymation.
0: They do stop motion animation, That's but, what it's I not, stop but it's not but it's not actually made out of clay.
3: That's what I meant, stop motion.
0: Yeah. But they actually built this thing out of metal and oh they're my like, God. "Oh yeah, it looks great. It looks incredible. It is iconic." Yes. Just insanely amazing. But Really, really hard to move around and to get to do what they wanted to do. So,
3: kind of like Jazz.
0: Yes. So, luckily, in the future, they had more options with this sort of thing. But then it starts chasing them into this metalworking facility. I don't even know what you would call this place,
3: but it's a good thing it's there.
0: Yeah, exactly. They slam the door and you get this weird sort of like compositing where they have the stop motion Terminator walking towards them. But they're in a live action shot and it's just ah, chef's kiss moi. Just how 80s it is. Yes,
3: absolutely. (laughs) At some point, Reese falls. And this is when we get the stupid line. On your feet, soldier. I've never liked it. Even when I was a kid, I thought it was a stupid line. And my mom loves it. Yeah. She always is like, on your feet, soldier. I'm just like, God, I hate that line. It feels really forced. Uh, But it's her way of getting him up and to keep going. And they end up blowing up the machine.
0: Yeah, he's down on the ground and it bypasses him uh, to go after her. And he sticks another pipe bomb inside the mechanism and it just blows him up from the center.
3: But that still won't stop it. It starts crawling towards her. Uh-huh. It will not stop.
0: Yes. And so um, she ends up crawling through one of these mashers, these things that they 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 basically flatten out steel, and it crawls through after her, and then she slams down the gate, and its hand reaches for her, and it's like one of these uh, Alien 3 moments, you know, where... With the xenomorph, it sticks out its, its its mouth at her, and she does this thing, and it's, like, right here. Uh-huh. Um, but it's used – it's a common trope used in, in things where you see the person, and they're right there. Their head's in half the frame, and then the thing lunges at them, but something stops them from going the whole way, and it's, like, really close. It's an incredible shot. It's really good. And she finds the controls and says –
3: you're terminated, fucker!
0: <sighs> and then hits the button on the mash when it comes down, and it crushes that thing with just its arm sticking out. And that's going to become important for T2 It's going to be very important. Yes.
3: Should have made sure the whole thing was crushed, Sarah. <laughs> Damn you. So, unfortunately, Reese is dead. Yes. It's very, very sad.
0: Cut. Hey, but he got to have sex before he died.
3: Yay! <laughs> and... I didn't say this at the time. I mean, I didn't say it when we were talking about it. Sex scene has always been awkward to me. She always looks like she's in pain to me.
0: <laughs> you did. You said that when we were watching it. Yeah. Uh. She does
3: this weird look on her face. Sorry, Linda Hamilton. No offense. You are a hot lady. Yeah. I would have sex with you now. <laughs> so cut to her. Obviously, several months later, she's pregnant and she is recording on a little tape player. Problem is, is that she's driving oh, in, an yeah, open in, an, Jeep
0: in an open Jeep yeah. <laughs> with a
3: shitty 80s recorder. And I'm uh-huh. just like, if the recording shit we have now can't work in much better conditions, that thing ain't picking up yeah. jack shit.
0: And she but- starts musing on the concepts involved in time travel. And she's like, God, it's enough to give you a headache. And she's absolutely right. But she talks about, should I tell you anything about your father? Would that affect your decision to send him back to save me?
3: Should I tell you about your father? Boy, that's a tough one. Will it affect your decision to send him here, knowing that he is your father? If you don't send Kyle, you could never be. God, a person could go crazy thinking about this.
0: So it's an interesting question that the movie is not interested in answering.
3: Oh, I thought she's I thought well. She
0: does kind of. You, you deserve to know. Yeah. But I mean, like, will it have it Will it ultimately have an effect on his decision? The movie's not interested in the time traveling part of that. Just that she thinks he deserves to know about his father.
3: Well, in the second one, he totally knows who he is. So, yeah, uh, well, like I
0: said, she tells him. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little Mexican boy. Who takes her photograph and says, "My dad will beat me if you don't give me five dollars." She's like, "That's a good racket, Quattro," and he agrees, and, and she it's gets the, the picture picture
3: uh-huh. that he had later. So she was thinking about him, right? And she does say, "We loved a lifetime worth of one <laughs> night." <laughs> it's great, so good,
0: but it also proves the time travel element. I know, yeah, we have the robot and everything, right? <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily prove time travel. It just I proves guess. there's a robot. But now the same exact picture that he handed to her that hadn't been taken yet, that proves the time travel element. Yes.
3: And the very last lines, the guy who owns the gas station says, there's a storm coming in. Uh-huh. And she says, I know. Yep. Yep. Right.
0: So, lightning round, Kelsey.
3: Oh, no, I went through everything. Okay,
0: I do have certain lightning round stuff that don't fit neatly in the plot elements. In the original treatment for the movie, James Cameron went much more into Skynet and what that was about how there were two men sent back, but one died in the process of being sent back in time. Uh, There was a liquid metal Terminator
3: well, that's going to come back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But he decided to scrap that because the technology wasn't good enough. And then he made The Abyss. Do you remember The Abyss?
3: Yes, I remember The Abyss. And it
0: has that water alien.
3: Yes, I remember the water alien. When he was
0: able to do that, he said, okay, I can do T2 now. That's why it's like an eight-year gap between these movies.
3: I know we can't do that stuff yet. Not yet. Not yet.
0: Uh, I also wrote down that there are tons and tons of audio synchronization and continuity issues in this movie. Tons of audio synchronization issues, especially with Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonating other people. So obviously he uses his jaw, his tongue, his lips to make noises. He can just manipulate the sound into being somebody else's. But his it still doesn't match, which is a problem. I noticed that But it's too. not just him. There's tons of ADR that's not really very good. There are also a lot of general continuity issues, like his eyebrows. So his eyebrows get burned off and his hair gets burned short. Uh Uh-huh. But there are shots of him with no eyebrows on. And it's like they don't even care that that happens before his eyebrows actually get burned off. Uh. I don't know if this is true or not, but there is a rumor that Schwarzenegger insured his eyebrows with Lloyd's of London. In case they didn't grow back properly. But I mean, people do ensure body parts all the time for things like that. So he's not directing Dark Fate. James Cameron. He's not directing Dark Fate. But there's this thing that Stephen King's taking advantage of. I want to say we mentioned it before, where Stephen King is taking back the rights to all of his movies that he sold. Mm -hmm. Because there's a 35-year statute of limitations, Mm -hmm. which it's now been on Terminator. So all the rights reverted back to James Cameron, and now he gets money for Dark Fate, even though he's not making it.
3: Oh, that's bullshit. Why? (laughs) Because you gave up the rights. Yeah,
0: but it allows people like Stephen King to get the rights to his stuff back, too.
3: So Stephen King's going to make money off of?
0: Yeah, eventually, 35 years after they were sold or after he created it. I don't remember what it's based off of, but.
3: I mean, I know it's their creation, so I guess they deserve it. But like, I don't know, you sold it.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's why some movies get made is because it's about to revert back. And so they're like, oh, God, quick, we got to make a movie, you know, while we still have the rights. Yeah. This is interesting. Arnold Schwarzenegger speaks fluent German, obviously. One would hope. Yeah, well, he's Austrian and in Austria, they speak German. There is a German language version of this movie, but Arnold Schwarzenegger does not do the German language voice for his own character.
3: Why? Because he they weren't willing to pay him?
0: No. Because Austrian German has a very specific accent that sounds weird to Germans. It's like as if he had like a Scottish accent or something like that. Like that's the equivalent, apparently, which is funny because in T three there's a deleted scene that didn't end up in the movie where they show there is a guy who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who Arnold Schwarzenegger plays in T three. That's the model for the T eight hundred, and he's uh like Sergeant
2: Candy or whatever, and he has this really
0: stupid Southern accent. Ha! yeah, I'm Lieutenant Candy (laughs) or whatever it is, and then. Everyone's like, oh, he'd love him. He's perfect. Except we got to do something about that voice. And there's a scientist there or whatever who's like, we can change it or whatever he says. <laughs> and he has Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. Hi, I'm Chief Master Sergeant Wheel Candy. I don't know about that accent. We can fix it. I just thought that that was kind of funny, like, relation between the two.
3: I've only seen that movie, like, once. Yeah. It's probably, like, out of all the ones I've seen... I felt like I've seen it once, yeah. I felt like that one, T three, and the one with Christian Bale are the two worst of the entire series. Which yeah. I know, I know a lot of people hated the last one that came out. I didn't think it was that bad.
0: Genesis, mm-hmm. you saw that without me. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, I think Salvation had a lot of potential. They just fucked it up.
3: Yeah, they they really just didn't. really
0: fucked it up. I, I
3: mean, do not fuck with T two. Yeah. Not not okay. That's probably why I didn't like it more than the real reason we shouldn't like it.
0: Well, then there's, like with Halloween, they need to basically retcon everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like twice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, you don't need to do that in Terminator, really, because what's happening is you're rewriting time. Mm-hmm. All the stuff in all the movies happened. You just go back and you rewrite it all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I read something about how the movie deals with the concept of masculinity about what a man should be and about what the ideal man is. And that's Reese what movie is, is the about. ideal man, babe. Well, see, that's what it's trying to say, because there is this thing throughout cinematic and television history that says the closer to a robot you are, the more manly you are. There's The Six Million Dollar Man, there's RoboCop, there's Terminator, right? And so that's why you have characters like Kyle Reese who loves, and that makes him more human. Which is an interesting tie-in to the next movie we're going to talk about. Before we get there, Kelsey, what do you think the Terminator has on Rotten Tomatoes? 97? 100%. There you go. With its impressive action sequences taut economic direction and relentlessly fast pace, it's clear why the Terminator continues to be an influence on sci-fi and action flicks. I totally get that 100% of the critics who saw this liked it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Metacritic average of 84. Because, uh, again, like I say, it's not perfect. There are tons of mistakes littered throughout the whole entire thing. Stupid little piddly ones, continuity errors, things that don't make sense. That kind of stuff littered throughout it, but it does not tear away from the fact that this movie is just fucking incredible. Do you think this is overrated or underrated?
3: I'm not going to give it a hundred.
0: What are you going to give it?
3: I'm going to give it a 94.
0: That is exactly what I was going to give it a 94. I think this movie is absolutely incredible.
3: It is. It's an incredible film. It's so fucking good. It just has problems, you know? I I don't think it's... There are
0: bits that are silly. Yeah, there's
3: parts that are silly. I always say if it's a movie about time travel, that cannot be held against it because time travel is impossible. But there, yeah, there's some issues. There's some... At
0: least time travel as we know it, yeah.
3: Uh There's some... You know, it's the 80s, and while I'm able to say for the 80s, it's very impressive, I'm also aware that it's not perfect, you know? It's not great, so...
0: Mm-hmm. 94. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. Uh, because it is culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry in the Library of Congress. As it should. About 10 years ago. Good. Yeah. So, really fucking cool. The Terminator. Harry, thank you for getting us to watch this on the show. Yes. So awesome. All right, Kelsey, before we get to our next movie... Horror trivia.
3: Who was born at 6 a.m. on the sixth day of the sixth month?
0: Uh, Damien from The Omen.
3: Do you know his last name?
0: Uh, it's like Thorn. Thorn. It's Thorn.
3: It's Damien Thorn. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Very good.
0: I was like Ambassador Thorn. <laughs> I thought Sharp <laughs> first was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Okay, Kelsey, this is one that you're probably not going to get. Okay. But I think it's fun to ask anyway. Okay. When we see through the Terminator's vision, you know, it's all red and it's got all the
3: Well, we see it several code. times. Yeah,
0: we see it several times. We see him choosing dialogue options and he says, fuck, fuck you, you, asshole. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been my question.
3: Appropriate response. Fuck you, asshole.
0: We see code that exists in, a, in an actual computer that we all had access to at some point or another.
3: Are you going to ask me coding shit?
0: What computer's operating system is that from?
3: I don't fucking know.
0: It's the Apple II.
3: Does it tell you that?
0: You can actually go to an Apple II and enter in a particular uh, prompt. And it will show you the exact text that you get in Terminator that it's you see in really his vision. Cool. Right? That's <laughs> actually very
3: cool. But does it ever fucking tell you that's what it is? No.
0: no. Then what the yes, I don't you think can't so.
3: Do that. You can't ask me a question that they don't even answer in the film. I
0: told you you probably wouldn't get it. I'm not holding it against you. It's Bull just a fun piece shit. of trivia. Uh, anyway. Next movie we're going to watch is 2016's Morgan, directed by Luke Scott, written by Seth Owen, starring a lot of people, actually. Kate Mara, Anya Taylor-Joy, Rose Leslie, Toby Jones, Michelle Yeoh, Brian Cox, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Paul Giamatti.
3: Yeah, a lot of people.
0: Uh, Luke Scott, by the way, the director is Ridley Scott's son.
3: Which is why it's such a huge, like, what to me that it didn't do well.
0: Right. Because it didn't, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. What is Morgan about?
3: A group of scientists have created a new being. We're not really given much more than that. Yeah. And the company that funded this project needs to look into an incident that occurred and see if it's worth salvaging the product or not.
0: The movie is available to rent for $4 on iTunes and Vudu and is available to purchase for... $8 $8 on Voodoo and $15 on iTunes. Should people watch Morgan?
3: If you have to pay for it, I don't know. If it were free, I'd say sure. Yeah. But if you have to pay for it, I don't know.
0: Movie's not incredible.
3: No. But it's not bad. No. But it's not anything special, I wouldn't say.
0: Right. I don't know saying, why it did it, so poorly. If
3: it's just on TV, watch it. There's, sure. There's but. a
0: fact about how poorly it did that I told Kelsey already, and it's kind of shocking.
3: It is. It's very surprising.
0: But yeah, I mean if if you if you have it, if you know somebody that has it, go ahead and watch it. Yeah. If you got $4 and a free night to spare. Sure.
3: There's a lot worse things you could pay Absolutely. for. Absolutely. But still. Yeah. I yeah. probably wouldn't pay for it.
0: Uh you could take our advice such that it is or leave it, but when we get back we will talk about 2016's Morgan. I regret inform you, there has been an incident. No!
1: <laughs> we have lost control of the Morgan Project.
2: If Morgan is not located and contained immediately, there could be
0: considerable loss of life.
1: I still you. Flesh.
0: Morgan only in theaters. Kelsey, can you get us? Started. What happens at the beginning of Morgan?
3: It opens on a security video of Jennifer Jason Lee coming in and talking to a person that she calls Morgan, who will be Morgan, <laughs> uh, who was played by...
0: Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. Who we've seen in a couple things now, uh, Split Splits. and The Witch, yeah.
3: Yeah. Have we seen Jennifer Jason Lee? anything yet?
0: Not on this show, okay. but she gets her face totally fucked up, like in the Hateful Eight.
3: Yes, uh-huh. that's not okay.
0: That's just what I thought of. I wrote that down. I'm like, oh, there she is, getting her face fucked up again,
3: yeah. So on the security video, she walks in and she's like, it's okay. It's a very human thing to feel very sad and I'm so sorry, baby. I'm trying to get them to change their mind. And then all of a sudden, Morgan just gets up and stabs her in the eye. Uh-huh. And then we meet Lee Weathers.
0: Which immediately makes me think of Lee Merriweather. She was one of the cat women from the 66 Batman.
3: <laughs> Which ma- it automatically makes me think of, there's a cartoon character that's something Weathers, and she's like a, a news reporter.
0: Right, I was saying, it sounds like, Uh, Like a meteorologist or something like that.
3: I can't remember what cartoon it is, but uh, I immediately hear it in my brain, you know, like the the cartoon voice, but I can't think of what it's from.
0: I had a regular customer, an older lady who came into my store a bunch when I was working retail, and her name literally on her driver's license and everything was Stormy Clouds. (sighs) Just thought that was interesting. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. And she comes from quote-unquote risk management
0: she basically does what Ed Norton in Fight Club, you know, he he decides, A, is it worth doing a recall? Is it worth doing, uh, going to, to court? Basically, he figures out what things would cost one way or the other. And that's kind of her job. Ostensibly, her job is to show up and see if they should throw good money after bad or not.
3: Mm-hmm. And she's all business, she walks in and there's zero pleasantries coming out of her and she's just like I want to meet everybody right now.
0: And this is Kate Mara.
2: Mhm.
3: who is given full authority by whatever his name is.
0: Well, it's Brian Cox. Yes. I can't remember what the character's name is. But that's so what no. I meant, Brian yeah, Cox. Uh-huh.
3: You know that voice the second you hear it. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. I mean, you don't see Brian Cox till the end of the movie, but you know it's Brian Cox. Mhm. It's Jim Bryce.
3: And he tells her, uh, your number one thing is to preserve the asset. And we don't know what that means yet. Yeah. The first person she meets is...
0: Michael Yare, I think is how you pronounce his name, who hasn't really been in much. He's one of the doctors there.
3: And he tries to, like I said, welcome her, but it's just, I want to meet them. Then the first person that comes into her room to meet her is...
0: Rose Leslie, who is from Game of Thrones as a grit
3: oh that's right that's why i know her Mm -hmm. okay i was like i know i know her
0: and she does a pretty passable american accent yeah if a little smoky
3: well she's got that raspy thing in her voice anyway
0: but the accent's really good
3: yeah she does a good accent and she is like, oh, I, I bet you've read all our files. I'm sure mine says that I have boundary issues. Uh-huh. Well, and, she
0: showed up in her room. Yeah,
3: going through her stuff, uh-huh. which Kate Mara did not appreciate. Yeah. But she didn't say anything. And so she basically doesn't speak to Egret. And Egret is just like, I get it. You're here to do your job. But... You know, if you need somebody, I'm here because she's the one who was here to help Morgan develop her emotions.
0: Her name is Dr. Amy Menzer, so we'll call her Amy or (laughs) Egret or Rose Leslie. What's his
3: name's wife?
0: (laughs) Yes, Jon Snow's wife.
3: We then meet the cook who is played by
0: Boyd Holbrook. His name is Skip. Skip Vronsky.
3: Aw, Skip.
0: Yeah, Um. he was in The Predator. He was in Logan.
3: Oh yeah, wasn't he a bad guy in Logan?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the bad guy in Logan. I mean, kind of. He's the guy who's chasing after Logan. Oh,
3: he's the main guy that chases after Logan? Yeah. Oh, probably getting it conflated with uh, Deadpool because that's the evil guy I'm seeing, I think. Oh, okay. Anyway, and they kind of make it seem like she's flirting with him. But I don't know if that's because she can automatically a assen- sense that he's into her and that would that would aid her.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's.
3: But she checks the way she looks before she even enters the room. But maybe she read from his file that yeah. he likes mm-hmm. to fool around with ladies. Yeah, well,
0: we know he has. Yes. We find out later. But yeah, I, th- I think she just knows what's in her best interest. Yes. To be on the good side of certain people. Why she would want to be on the good side of the nutritionist and not.
3: On the therapist?
0: Yeah, Amy's side. I don't know, but.
3: Well, because the therapist, I think she would have known, would have been on Morgan's side, whereas the cook w- was against Morgan.
0: Yeah. He's kind of creeped out by her. I'm
3: assessing the situation. I can't remember the lyrics. God damn it. What is it from? Oliver, it's oh, Fagan.
0: Okay.
3: So, again, she's walking around this this facility trying to meet all the people she walks in to meet jennifer jason lee
0: who is just high on drugs
3: yes they've just medicated her and it's like this is probably not the best time for her to be interviewed by someone assessing risk management yeah but okay and she's of course trying to say it was my fault don't blame morgan You know, I should have seen that she was in a mood and whatever. Yeah, but we saw what
0: happened. It came out of nowhere.
3: Yeah. And she's just like, I was careless. And that's when Mara says, not Rooney Mara, Kate Mara. Right? You didn't say
0: Rooney Mara. You just said Mara.
3: I know, but that's what I was thinking. Uh Uh-huh. It is Kate.
0: It's Kate Mara. Not Rooney. Not Rooney. But they're
3: sisters. They are sisters. Okay. So Kate Mara says, Morgan is not a she. It's an it. Yeah. And they're talking, and Jennifer Jason Lee says, You're a liar. I can tell what you are. Yeah, You're an there, assassin. There's
0: a smile on your face, but I can tell what you are. You're an assassin.
3: You're a
2: liar. There's a smile on your face, but I can tell what you are. You're a goddamned
0: assassin. Let's just do it
3: now. Okay, because... This is a confusing moment because she says that.
0: I think she means bureaucratic assassin.
3: Exactly, and yeah. that's what you're supposed to think she means, uh-huh. especially since she she then apologizes and says, "I'm sorry, it's these lousy drugs." Uh huh. But
0: part of you wonder: Is she supposed to recognize that she's not human?
3: Exactly. Yeah. But so so she apologizes. Kate Mara is
0: not human, (laughs) right?
3: But she apologizes and says it's these lousy drugs, Uh as if she insulted her.
0: Yeah, I think it's more that she just she figured she was like, oh, you're one of those things, right? Like, but oh my god, I can't believe I just said that out loud. You know, like because what if she's wrong, or what if you know?
3: It's also unclear throughout the film whether or not Kate Mara is aware of her, right. Of her.
0: Even at the very end.
3: Yeah, you don't uh-huh. know. You don't know if she knows or not. Right. Which is a weird choice, I feel. Then she meets. Hail Hydra.
0: <laughs> oh, Toby Jones. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which we have seen in what other horror movies? We just saw him in something. The Mist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was just in The Mist and he was the best part of The Mist. Yeah. Love Toby Jones, and he starts explaining what Morgan is, and Kate Mara is just like, "I've read the material, Doctor. Like I don't yeah. need all this. I've read all of this. I'm here to talk about the incident." But he does explain, basically, to the audience, yeah, that they she is a synthetically made child. They don't tell you what for, but I mean, it's pretty fucking obvious. She's uh-huh. supposed to be an assassin. Yeah, like. Duh! But so, they've created this being, and the first did not even work as a human, the second had lots of mental issues, and they realized we should probably try to make an emotionally cognitive specimen, because that would help it deal with its mental issues. And then finally, they created Morgan, and she grows at an accelerated rate, But it's weird because they describe it as, oh, within a month, she's walking and talking. Oh, within a year, she's like five years old. And then now it's been five years and she's like, what, 18? And I'm like, okay.
0: There's also this. How does that? There's also this weird thing where they talk about she gets so advanced that she can suddenly like read people's minds.
3: Yes. They briefly mention that. And
0: it's not even like reading people's emotions. Like she can tell you what your kids' names are.
3: Yes. Like.
0: They're just going to drop that they could. They have a clairvoyant, and yes. why is that even necessary?
3: I feel like this movie either went through rewrites or was oh yeah, oh, or was yeah. edited like crazy,
0: right? And I'm, I mean, this this kind of all goes back to what is the point of the movie? Like, what is the movie saying? Where when we have again, we're just going to go right out there and say it. Kate Mara is one of these. She's a manufactured. Humanoid. Which they
3: hint at several times. So, oh, they times. lay it on
0: real thick.
3: They hint at, but they don't tell you until the
0: no, end. But she's the one, she's an earlier model incapable of really mimicking emotional development.
3: Which is why she's so all business. Right.
0: Yeah. No, no that makes all the all the sense in the world. But then what what is the movie saying by saying that the one capable of emotional development goes crazy and kills everyone?
3: Well, but then they kind of retcon that at the end, so it doesn't matter,
0: <laughs> right? But I'm like, hey, well, but what's what's the point? And the the company decides, okay, we well, should stop trying to develop ones with emotional intelligence. I could understand if they're saying, oh, the ones without emotions make better killers,
3: but they the make one them with emotions to handle
0: right. But the one with emotions is the crazy killer that kills people for no reason.
3: No, she starts to kill people for her own reasons. That's the problem. They've developed a killer, Uh but then they gave the killer emotions and they can't control her emotions. And so when she decides, I don't like you, she kills you. Yeah,
0: no. Okay. I I get it. But what I'm saying is they're saying people with emotions are more violent, are like- more destructive, are they saying that emotions are bad?
3: I No, I don't think so. Well, they're bad for a killer.
0: Yes, they're saying exactly. that. Exactly. Yes, they're saying that. But are they also, at the same time, like, what are they saying about emotions in people? Because this is obviously... If you're not going to parallel this to humanity in some way, then what's the fucking point? So, like, what parallel are they drawing
3: here? I think they're just saying that we shouldn't be making weapons of destruction. (laughs)
0: Okay.
3: I think they're saying that because at the end, I think the implication is it doesn't matter what you do. If you create a killing machine, you've created that, a killing machine. Uh And so we should not be making those.
0: It just – it feels like – There's something that should be there, but isn't. Like they just came up with a cool idea and then made a movie about it without considering what they could say about
3: that. That's pretty much what I think happened. Yeah.
0: As a synthetic with a better ability to develop emotions, what she represents is a better facsimile of a human. That's what you've created is a better facsimile of a human. And this one is more out of control and violent. So whether you mean to or not, you are saying that the more human you are, the more prone to violence you are and the more dangerous you are. Maybe that's what the movie's saying, but it's like they didn't think that step deep. It's no, like they I created think- a thing that sets up that comparison and then didn't care to wonder to do the actual comparison. You know well, what yeah. I mean?
3: Yeah. Ex- th- exactly. And I think you've hit the nail on the head for why this movie probably was not successful is because it's a very simple film. Yeah. It doesn't have, in my opinion, it doesn't have underlying social Themes, ideas. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> don't create Weapons, right, wouldn't like, this be
0: cool? Yeah, uh-huh, like, totally. I,
3: I feel like that's all it's trying to say, which is why it didn't that's a do good well. Point. That's and a good point. Now, here's the thing. I didn't think this movie was awful. I thought it was perfectly fine. I thought it was perfectly average. But yeah, that's probably why this movie was super unsuccessful, because yeah. it really didn't say a whole hell of a lot. So, after he explains to us what she is, and, and Kate Mara gets annoyed and says, I've read the material... She says, I'm unclear on the cause. And he explains, she's just angry because we've stuck her inside. Yeah. She used to be allowed to be outside and now she's not. Mm-hmm. And she's unhappy about that. She's five years old. What do you fucking want? Yeah. And it's like, well, I want someone who's not going to murder people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she goes in to speak with Morgan. She says, hello, Morgan. Do you know why I'm here? And she's like, absolutely, you're here to see if I'm a potential product stream. And she says, well, how are you feeling today? And she says, I'm feeling not quite myself. And she's like, do you know what I want to talk about? And she's like, yes, you want to talk about the incident. It was an error, an error of judgment. The doctor explains to Morgan, don't worry, Morgan, we're going to do the psych evaluation tomorrow. And Morgan puts her hand up on the glass. And Kate Mara does not put her yes. hand up on the this glass. This
0: is obviously set up a reference to the fact that Kate Mara doesn't have emotions, or at least complex emotions, and Morgan does.
3: Or, you could read it She's very differently. She's trying to use her. <laughs> you could read it as Morgan is a manipulative creature. Right, that's what I'm saying. And Kate Mara is like, fuck you, bitch, I'm smarter than you. Uh-huh. You can read it either way. Right. Which... Is interesting, but at the same time a flaw, because if I don't know what the character's motivations are, then I'm just going to leave this scene confused.
0: Right. And I wonder if Morgan is kind of clairvoyant and can read people's minds, why does it never come up that Morgan would either not be able to read Lee's mind or would be able to and would know that she's a robot? Yes. It just never comes up. They just drop this thing that she can read minds and then they don't fucking do anything with it.
3: Exactly. So, I mean, they do. It surprises Kate Mara when she knows all these things about her and when Paul Giamatti comes in. But again, Chris is correct because the problem here is she would have known that she was a robot.
0: Right. But it's not like the the writers didn't know that this was going to happen. You can tell they set up this very kind of ham-fisted visual metaphor thing where – The camera is just on Lee's side of the glass, and they're walking up to each other. So Lee's face is reflected over Morgan's in the glass, drawing a clear connection that Lee and Morgan are the same thing. Mm -hmm. Where it gets muddy, though, is later on when Amy shows up and actually does the hand on the glass thing with Morgan – it's the same thing, but reversed. And Morgan's face is over Amy's, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what are they trying to say there.
3: Yeah, again, it either this was either rewritten multiple times or it just got edited. It's a little messy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. like I could think of a couple things they're saying, but none of it is um, evocative. Really, like it's it feels like it's supposed to be like, oh, isn't isn't this deep visually? But it's like, okay, well, let's analyze it what exactly are you saying and then it's like oh well i mean i don't know
3: <laughs>
0: i just thought it looked cool you know that's that it feels like that
3: so as they're walking away because Kate Mara is only allowed a certain amount of time to talk to her as they're walking away Toby Jones laughs and says you're not even going to say it and she says says wait say what and he says that you're impressed and she goes is that what you need me to say yeah now Again, confusion. Is Kate Mara being a bitch, or, or is she
0: legitimately asking him that? Yes, yeah, like she doesn't understand because it's that that's kind what he of, needs.
3: It's just like I feel like it's supposed to be that she doesn't understand,
0: but she says it like she's
3: being a bitch, like, <laughs> like it's
0: you know, like this whip wit. You exactly, know? That's what it feels like
3: exactly. Like, mm-hmm. And that's confusing. And I feel like they did that because they didn't want us to guess that she was a robot. Yeah. But then I'm like, but (laughs) whatever, whatever. they are not even going to say it?
2: Say what? That you're impressed.
3: Is that what you need me to say? That I'm impressed? So we see some memories of Morgan's. Of her walking around in the woods with Amy. Mm Mm-hmm. And Amy says, I'm so proud of you. Morgan says, why? She says, because you're learning how to be yourself. And that's so important. So we're seeing that Amy and Morgan have this kind of special relationship. Right. But I think it's odd that she relates so much to Amy when it seems like all the other characters care about her just as much.
0: Right, but one is responsible for developing her emotionally.
3: I guess. I just don't quite understand why she chooses Amy over everyone else.
0: She's the more emotional one and and therefore easiest to manipulate into what she needs.
3: So you think it is pure manipulation?
0: No, I don't think it's pure manipulation. But again, the movie really doesn't make that clear. And it's not even set up to be a mystery. It's just, they just, it just, things just happen, and the movie doesn't interrogate itself on that front.
3: I mean, you could read it as she'll kill anyone that she deems a threat, right? So, her killing her mother makes sense. Her killing the guy who tied her down, even though he ended up releasing her, that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. But why on earth go after Jennifer Jason Lee? One might think, oh, it's because she's always patronizing to her. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make her a threat.
0: Like I said, it's not – so I think what they're trying to say is – this is what the movie's trying to say about Morgan, is that she's a five-year-old. What if a five-year-old was able to kill? You know, they have these temper tantrums and shit like that. Right. And I think that's literally all the movie is saying. That's it. She does everything she does just to get to see the lake that Amy told her about. Right. And that's it.
3: But then at that point.
0: With no consideration for the consequences. At
3: that point, it would have been a lot creepier if it had been a child. But then, you don't, then you'd have to work with a child. And who wants to do yeah. that?
0: <laughs> but, you know, even when she doesn't need Amy anymore.
3: She wanted to keep her. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying this is kind of confusing.
0: It's, it's, it's just everything you can chalk up to the fact that Morgan's a kid. And I think that that's to the movie's detriment.
3: Yes. Again, motivations need to be clear. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got your audience sitting in confusion.
0: Right. And it's not like a confusion, like, I don't get it. But, like, what are you trying to say, movie?
3: Yeah. And, again, it'd be one thing if, like, you were trying to trick us the whole time, then, like, oh, twist at the end. But, like. The twist doesn't make sense with the things you've chosen to show me.
0: Right. It's harder to go along with the the journey that the movie is trying to take you on if those motivations aren't clear. It's harder to for there to be a twist if those motivations aren't clear.
3: Twists are hard to do successfully. Yeah, they really are. I mean, it takes a lot because, like i like I was just saying, your twist cannot disagree with the other things that happened in the film. Right. They They need to work hand in hand. Yes. So, anyway.
0: What happens in that flashback, by the way? Throughout the movie, we see more and more of this flashback. What ends up happening in that?
3: I can't remember exactly which one this she, is. She
0: comes across a deer.
3: Oh, this is the no, that's later. These are. This is all
0: the same sort of flashback stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Let's so you just, just, tell w- you just want to tell the whole thing. I don't want to have to worry about where okay. per- certain parts of the flashback fall in the, in the movie.
2: Okay.
0: They come across a deer, and the deer is injured, and Morgan's very sad, and it's very unclear. Is she just demonstrating sadness, or is she actually sad, and she's overwhelmed with that sadness? She sees that the deer has this branch just stuck in it. And we assume that the deer is going to die. But we don't know. We're not experts. We have no way of knowing. It's usually the case. Right. But for all we know, like they're at the, it's a medical facility, for God's sake.
3: That is a good point. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> like, it's, it's very unclear. Nobody says anything about the condition of the deer and what's going to happen to the deer.
3: Here's the thing. If you are in the middle of the woods and you see a deer
0: injured like injured
3: this is what you should do sure i think because if you call medical people to take them forever to get there like and usually they can't save them anyway right but i mean you know unless you take them to an animal sanctuary is going to take all this time and I, I, i guess you could i don't know i guess maybe i'm wrong no, I don't
0: think you're wrong. I just think that the movie, again, doesn't do a very good job of communicating what the fate of the deer is either way. Because then you're wondering, oh, when Morgan snaps its neck, is she doing something merciful? Or is she jumping the gun on a, on a deer that could be saved? We don't know either way, and so we don't know what impact this scene is supposed to have on us. Because the movie just doesn't bother to tell us. They just thought it'd be cool if Morgan snapped a deer's neck. And it would be emotional.
3: What other movie, can you can you think, I'm trying to think, there's other movies that we've seen that have done kind of the similar thing where a character does a, what looks like a merciful death and then that makes the other characters be like...
0: Yeah, that happens in I other movies. It's of- a trope, but I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head. Okay. But yeah, it is something we see a lot of. It did remind me of Red Dragon, by the way, when she's like petting it and it's breathing heavy.
3: Because oh, the tiger. With the
0: tiger, yeah, anyway.
3: They are sitting at dinner.
0: And we meet Dr. Chang.
3: Yes. Who is... I know her from Sunshine.
0: Yeah, Michelle Yeoh.
3: She's in other things. She's
0: in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's right. Like That's like the biggest thing that she's in. But she is a very popular martial artist uh, actress. She Her first American film, I think, was Tomorrow Never Dies.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, she's been in... Tons and tons and tons of things, and she's totally awesome, and I love her very much. She has a line where when she's introduced to Lee, Kate Mara's character, she says, have we not met before? This is, again, they're just laying it on real thick. Mm-hmm. This is like the third or fourth hint. Yes. That Kate Mara is actually a synthetic. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they don't really say what the synthetics are. Yeah. Like, it appears that they're entirely biological.
3: Yeah. Good thing we made the
0: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) now we can smoke in space. (laughs) We meet a couple of other scientists that are, that have paired up. They've coupled up at this place where nobody's allowed to leave. And they kind of consider themselves Morgan's parents. Yes. So we'll call them mom and dad, I think, is how we'll refer to them.
3: Yeah, they say she's almost like a child. You've seen how special she is. She's only five years old, and they're talking about her as if she's a person with rights, and that's when Kate Mara's like-
2: She doesn't have any rights. She
3: has no rights whatsoever. She is a thing that we have made that does not give her rights.
0: Right. They
3: talk about an incident that happened in Helsinki. Yes, which comes right after when the doctor says, haven't we met before? Right, and then and they
0: talk about Helsinki. They talk
3: about Helsinki, and Kate Mara says, well, I was there, but after you left. Yeah. I was there for basically cleanup. Yes. Uh, they talk about how 30 became nine. So, again, they're telling us that this is not the first time they tried that, yeah, this. That an
0: incident has happened... And people have died.
3: They've been they've done this in multiple places with multiple beings. Yeah. And it keeps not working. So maybe that's what it is, is that we just don't learn our lesson.
0: Yeah. Again, which which is it? Like, what are the themes? What is the movie trying to say? It sets things up because it thinks they're cool and it doesn't bother to knock them down. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway.
3: We find out that somehow. The doctor, the main doctor, Michelle Yeoh, found out that Amy took Morgan beyond the property lines. Yes. And she says, once you do that, she basically tells Kate Mara alone, you need to kill Morgan.
0: Yeah, she says, you know what you need to do.
3: You can't take a caged animal And push its nose against the glass.
0: Do you know the cruelest
1: thing you can do to someone you've locked in a room? Press their face to the window.
0: You know what you must do. But that's the thing. I don't think the movie, again, is not clear on what Dr. Chang means when she says, you know what you need to do. I think the implication is you need to do the hard thing that nobody wants you to do.
3: I think you need to terminate Morgan. But why? Morgan? Because Morgan is a, tr- is a biological killer and biologically made to kill. And now, and we've also given her emotions, and now we've even shown her the outside world. We're not even keeping her inside her cage like but she's why, supposed to
0: be. But why would Dr. Chang think that... Lee would know what she needs to do. Why? Like, how are these two things connected?
3: Well, because again, they talked about Helsinki. They were I guess. both there, and she's like, All these people died. We can't have that again. Uh-huh. You need to get rid of this. That's what I think is happening. Yeah. And I think it hurt I I think the doctor is saddened by it because the doctor has come to love Morgan, even though she doesn't want to. Yeah. I feel like she 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 knows in her heart. This is a thing that I do not, like, this is a thing I made. But still, she's grown attached to it. So, she comes across the cook again, sitting outside. And Kate Mara says, and this is weird again. Kate Mara says it's peaceful out here. Uh Uh-huh. So, she has emotions about some things, but not everything.
0: Well, she doesn't say whether she likes it or not. I guess. And she's able to do small talk.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He explains, "Well, I'm having, I'm sitting out here because the people next door are having sex really loud. So yeah,
0: the walls are thin. (laughs) Yeah,
3: and they start drinking together. So we know that they they are biological. They can't. They take in food, I guess. Yeah, and drink. And Um, Skip
0: tells the story of the people that work here a little bit. You know, he talks about how Dad, Doctor Birch." The male Dr. Birch paired off with mom, the female Dr. Birch, uh, after he tried to get with Rose Leslie's character, and and, and then the, he tried to get with Rose Leslie's character at one point. And, and while
3: this is happening, Amy can overhear their conversation. Yeah. And, like, you're supposed to think that something's gonna happen from that?
0: No, nothing happens from that. No. Me. Yeah, uh-huh. She
3: could not, like, okay. <laughs> This is when he admits to Kate Mara, the thing has always given me the creeps. Yeah. Talking about Morgan.
0: And so this this is also where I think Lee establishes that Skip might be a resource.
3: Yes. And I think she asks him why, and kind of as a joke, he says, it made the perfect risotto. Yes. (laughs) Which I did. I liked that Uh line. That was cute. Yeah, Uh because he's the cook. How do you feel about Morgan?
1: Honestly. Things is always giving me the creeps.
2: You're the only one I've heard say that.
1: That may be true, but uh, you know, not a scientist, maybe I'm just a little jealous.
2: Jealous? Maybe. Uh, why?
1: <laughs> it made a perfect risotto. <laughs> it made it like it was nothing. It,
0: they say you have to cook with your heart and your soul and all that stuff, but uh, it just made the most perfect risotto.
3: She just made the perfect risotto. Yeah
0: cooking is supposed to be and baking and all that. it's supposed to be like an art form and this mechanical thing which doesn't have a soul made a perfect risotto
3: which is hard to do. Chris and I just tried our food for our wedding and we tried the risotto. Well, great.
0: yeah Wasn't
3: good. <laughs> He tries to kiss her which again
0: well he does kiss her
3: yes. Which, again, we kind of got the impression that she was into him, but then she totally is not.
0: Rebuffs him and says, goodbye, Skip. (laughs) Or goodnight, Skip.
3: Which I don't know what that means. Right. Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Again, the movie's just full of stuff that they're just, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. And it is not interested in interrogating itself.
3: He also has a funny line. Here, as she's leaving, he, I mean, he tries to make up for it and says, you know, when you've been cutting the crusts off for C-3PO as long as I have. <laughs>
1: that is on me. Uh, if if you knew how long I've been up here in the middle of nowhere, flipping grilled cheese for these guys and cutting the crusts off for C-3PO. It's-
3: have a good night, Skip. All right. But when he leaves, when she leaves, he's just like, well played, Skip. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Amy goes in to talk to Morgan, and she again says, just be yourself tomorrow, to which Morgan says, I suppose that is the only thing I should be. Uh Uh-huh. And then later, Amy's going to regret that. Yeah. Just be yourself.
2: Okay? Okay.
1: Yes. I suppose that's the only thing I can be.
0: It's it's almost like in preparing her to be evaluated, they are influencing who she ultimately is. And that could be something interesting to, to talk about and to make your movie about, but nope.
3: And Morgan says, tell me again about the lake, Lake Navarre. Yeah. Which Amy does, and that's... Again, I think that the I think that the main doctor is right. Pushing a caged animal's nose up against the window is not going to do you any favors. Yeah, they kind of make it seem like Amy has a crush on Morgan. I mean, a little bit. There's like a sexual energy between yeah. the two of them, which I don't know if that was on purpose
0: or if it's just Rose Leslie's smoky voice. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: just
0: always sounds sexual. <laughs>
3: But yeah, she uh, she doesn't get to go in for the psych evaluation because she says that she didn't clear for essential personnel, which does not make her happy. Right. And this is when Paul Giamatti shows up.
0: Who, when they talk about Morgan being a thing or a person, says it's a goddamn microwave as far as I'm concerned, which I think is a pretty good line. And when they have they have everything set up and he's going to sit on the other side of the glass from her and he's like, what is this? No, I need to be in there with her. And they're like, well, I don't know if that's a good idea. The incident involved her being violent. And his response is, if you need me sitting on the other side of the glass from this thing, then I think it's fair to say it's already failed the psych
3: evaluation. Exactly.
0: Which is a fantastic line.
3: It is. And even though Paul Giamatti seems like an asshole, he's absolutely right.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing with Paul Giamatti. His scene, he's in just this scene and that's it. His scene is very long, but I really like it. He's fantastic in it until... He starts willfully antagonizing her like his like her existence and her ability to respond to his questions like offends him. But again, the movie doesn't get into that. It's just he responds negatively to it. And then he antagonizes her and is like, show me if you can't tell me. Demonstrate it for me. You dumb bastard. You are an awful psychologist. hmm He ends up just antagonizing her. And, and uh, how would you feel if I said, you could never leave and you could never see your family? Show me how you would feel. And then she gets up and she fucking stabs him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he asked her to show him. How upset would you be? This person who just previously stabbed somebody in the eye and that's why I'm even here.
3: She doesn't stab him. She bites his jugular. Oh,
0: that's it. Right. <clears throat> She stabs Jennifer Jason Lee.
3: Yes. Like you said, it's one scene. There's a lot going on, but essentially, yes, he he pushes her and pushes her until she bites his jugular. And then she turns off the lights by closing her eyes. Yeah,
0: now she can interface with the system.
3: Yeah. She's a she's a Chucky doll, apparently.
0: Yeah, why she can't unlock the doors then?
3: I don't know. It's weird. And, and I mean at this point, I think it's supposed to be more. That, well, I fucking bit that guy's jugular. They're going to terminate me. It's time to start killing people. Uh So, I mean, like, at this point, I'm not surprised when she kills people because it's just trying to escape. Yeah. Which is fine. But She
0: She misinterprets what people are trying to do. There are people that eventually are trying to help her escape.
3: Yes. And she just kills them. Yes. Through the debacle, they end up grabbing her. And they're going to put her down, Like, she starts to escape. Yes. And Lee
0: has to trank her as she's she's out, she's above ground. Yes. And Amy is like, hey, Morgan, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, Lee comes out and tranks her.
3: Yes. And they've strapped her down, and they're going to terminate her. Yes. And, of course, while they're doing it, she's, of course, playing it up. Don't, I love you. Why are you doing this? You know, like, uh-huh. I'm sorry. But,
0: again, Is she actually feeling emotions, and we're supposed to feel sorry for her, or is this this all pretend, is it an act, or is the whole point that we're supposed to be even asking that question? It could be any of those things, but this is where the movie leaves it. It just leaves it.
3: I think at this point it's pure manipulation because it's it's just trying to escape. Mm -hmm. I think this is a cornered animal who will do anything to escape at this point. She's playing it up, playing it up, and then the guy says, fuck this, I'm not doing it. I won't kill her. And so Kate Mara is going to do it, and then who ends up tranking her?
0: Who ends up tranking Kate Mara? Yeah. I don't remember, honestly. Okay. But they do. She gets drugged, and then she wakes up in Morgan's cell.
3: Yes. Everybody is trying to help Morgan, the Morgan just kind of starts killing everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. She re- reacts negatively to the fact that dad was going to kill her. Yeah. Even though he decided not to. Yeah. And yeah, so she kills him in order to get out.
3: She kills his wife because she knows that once she kills him, the wife's going to try right. to kill her. She ends up killing Brenda for no good reason because Brenda had nothing to do with her. But then again, Brenda's the one... That she stabbed Jason for Jason (laughs)
0: Lee.
3: She stabbed for seemingly no reason. Again, I get the feeling it's supposed to be because she is being patronizing to her.
0: Yeah, see, but I don't know. But they don't. What is it? Is she a cornered animal and she just needs to get out? Or is she murderous and needs to kill everybody? Because she doesn't need to kill everybody. Yeah. She does. She ends up talking to Lee. Yes. And asks her, or she says first, I'm starting to feel like myself. Yeah. Do you feel like yourself, Lee? Implying that, oh, Lee might have the same conundrum that Morgan does, because they're both synthetic organisms. Yeah. And then she says, or do you feel like something else? Like, they really lay it on thick before the ultimate reveal. Which is funny, because in the ultimate reveal, they try to make it intense and mind-blowing. Uh-
3: and it's like, but
0: You've been, like, really pushing this idea hard. Yeah. And then Morgan goes and kills Dr. Chang.
3: And she cries while she does it.
0: See? You see what I'm saying? I mean Which is it?
3: Here's the thing. Again, Chris is right. Which is it? Because before this she seemed to be killing them without thinking about it. But then with the mother who full on said, as they were gonna kill Morgan, yes, the doctor was sad, but she full on tells Morgan before they kill her, I'm not your mother. Yeah. You have no mother. You are a thing. Uh huh. So you would think that of all the people. Yeah. She'd be most mad at her mother. And yet it seems like her mother is the one that she has the most trouble killing. Yeah. What? Just what? Yeah. But then again, maybe that's because the mother was treating her like an adult as opposed to Jennifer Jason Lee, who treated her yeah. like a child.
0: Meanwhile, this whole time, by the way, Skip has no idea what's going on.
3: <laughs> He's yes.
0: totally in the dark.
3: Yes. And then right in front of Amy, she's just killing people. And Amy is just like,
0: Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, like
3: she's frightened. She's
0: but Morgan gives Amy a gun
3: to yes. protect herself. Yes. She says, don't be afraid, Amy. I would never hurt you. Yeah.
0: Like, she, of course. Like, why would I need to worry about Amy? Because I'm not a threat to Amy, but Amy doesn't know that.
3: Exactly. And the thing is, is that Amy's realizing it doesn't take much to become a threat in Morgan's eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah, I might not be a threat to you now. It's like a five-year-old. Yeah. You're right You're right about that. Because five-year-olds will change their opinion on a dime. Uh-huh. We were just with our friend's kids while they were trick-or-treating. And every five seconds, the kid was like, I love you, Mommy. I don't like you, Mommy. You know, yeah, like, uh-huh. that's what fucking kids are like. Yeah. So, of course, Amy is like, yeah, you like me now. But in five uh-huh. seconds, you might not fucking like me anymore. And you might just kill me because you can.
0: And so- Skip comes out right as they're driving away and Lee gets out of her cell. Now. And
3: this is when Lee becomes a bad ass.
0: Totally. I have that written down. At least we if if anything comes of this movie, at least we know that Kate Mara is a fucking badass.
3: Yeah, she really really is. It's at this point that Kate Mara becomes like your favorite character and they did that on purpose they wanted it to be that you felt bad for morgan oh but then morgan's evil and, so and you now you like kate, for but then Lee. at the yeah. end you're not you don't like kate either and i'm like i with the whole thing with morgan didn't work you never gave me a chance to fall in love with her yeah you you showed me why these other characters love her. It's just she gets her.
0: tears, which may be crocodile tears, and you're supposed to feel sorry for her. Exactly. It. That's you, all you get.
3: You did not do enough in the beginning of the film to make me feel sorry for Morgan. Yeah. Because you sh- you started the film by showing me that she's going to just stab people. Well, I think
0: it's interesting that they chose to give us a perspective character that can't feel emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. How are we supposed to feel about Morgan when the person whose perspective we are following thinks of it as an it?
3: Yes. This movie is a big mishmash. It is. But again, it's not like it's bad.
0: It's not. I mean, it sounds like we think it's bad, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But how does she get out of her cell? I don't remember. So the cell is underground, but it gets natural light through a skylight.
3: Yes! And
0: the skylight is in like this chimney pipe thing that goes all the way down to the cell. And she just climbs up and then knocks out the glass at the top of the skylight. And like fucking, why didn't Morgan do that ever? Why would you build a facility where that could be done?
3: Well, I think that Morgan might not have done it because Morgan hadn't been trained yet.
0: But she obviously has been. She's all martial arts and stuff like that.
3: Maybe. You're right. I don't know. Anyway.
0: As Skip is running off to tr- after to chase the uh, the truck that went away with Morgan and Amy in it, Lee comes bursting out of the skylight in the ground, and he's like, Whoa, what the fuck is going on? She says, get your rifle. Listen to me. Listen, you can't go in there. Morgan's gone. She's postal."
3: This is what I do, Skip. Go get your rifle. One more thing about when she kills her mother. She says, you should have told me what I would become. And the mother says, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. So they're implying that Morgan didn't know what she was. And yet the whole movie, they've made it clear that she's, she knows she's synthetic. See,
0: what is this movie trying to say? What is it trying to say?
3: Maybe she didn't know she was being built to become an assassin. But again, then you're right about the... Because I was saying, well, she hasn't been trained yet. And you're right. She has the ability... She has all the martial arts And by the way, who's
0: been training her?
3: Confusing. So Amy and Morgan end up driving away. And Kate Mara and Skip almost grab them. But they're unable to. But Skip has a gun. And they're driving. He chooses to shoot through the windows when he could have just shot the fucking tires. Yeah, well, the
0: other thing is, is he's, he's shooting a sniper rifle at mid range, which would be extremely difficult. You can't, I mean, you look down that, that scope and you're seeing a very long way away. So anyway, there's a chase that happens. Who gives a shit? Uh they make it to the lake in the forest and Kate Mara says, Skip, you wait here.
3: Oh, it's so great. And he's just like Well oh also we should mention that at this point Kate Mara has walked away from a very bad car accident. Yeah, and he's like,
0: Oh, we gotta get you help and she's like, No, that's not an option.
3: But so when she tells him to stop and, and like, don't come with me, he's like, I'm not letting you go alone. And she just looks at him and she goes, let me do my job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so great. It is really good. I yeah. love
3: it. <laughs> Get back in the car.
0: No, God damn it, I'm coming to help you.
3: Let me do my job. So then they're at the lake and Morgan's telling Amy, you'll see how happy we can be together. And Amy's flipped out. She's just, like, totally in shock. Over what's happening, and she says, "I feel alive. I hope this is what heaven is like." But then Kate Maher shows up, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like those parkour videos all of a sudden, Morgan just starts running at her and like can run up trees, and it's like, parkour, yeah
0: <laughs> parkour <laughs> parkour. And they fight, and it's it's a little cutty, yeah, editing wise. But, you know, it's trying to imply the intensity and the speed of the battle. And it's fine. The choreography is pretty good. And
3: Kate Mara ends up getting a branch through this. Oh, yeah. Right through
0: her stomach. And then so Morgan's like, good. Fuck you. I'm going back to the lake. And so she goes to the pier.
3: To which she sees that Amy is pointing a gun at her and says, you have to stop. Uh Uh-huh. Now,
0: what happens next is Lee shows up on the pier. Surprise. And beats Morgan over the head with the butt of the sniper rifle. With the butt of the sniper rifle. She had the element of surprise. I get that it's more intimate that they're going to fight close up and on the pier. I get that. But she has a sniper rifle and the element of surprise and the higher ground. I have. Yeah. Why would you walk up behind somebody and just hit them with the fucking gun you have? I don't know. Maybe she didn't have any bullets. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I missed that part. I I get it's more intimate and she does succeed. So it's not an issue where like, oh, she fucked up and it's because she did something stupid. She still succeeds here, but there's no reason she wouldn't have shot her from afar with the sniper rifle. Anyway, they get into a really close fight, they fall into the water.
3: Oh, and by the way, Amy's dead.
0: <laughs> Did she die here or yeah. does I thought maybe Lee killed her? No. Oh, okay.
3: Um, no, Morgan kills her when she pulls the gun on her. Like he
0: shoots her in the stomach or something like that. I don't
3: remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. It doesn't fucking matter.
0: But Lee drowns Morgan. So apparently lung function is required in these biological organisms. Well, again, they again, have to eat. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And so Morgan drowns in the lake that she always wanted to go to, that she wished was what heaven was like. And there's something profound there, but the movie does nothing with it. Then Lee trudges out and she gets out of the forest and skips like, holy fuck, what's wrong with you? And then she just.
3: No, at first she's like, we need to go. And he's Uh like, but where's everybody else? What happened? And she's like, we need to leave. Uh And he won't leave. He keeps asking questions. She's just like, okay. And then kills him. Yeah. I wasn't going to kill you. I had no I had no need to, but uh-huh. if you're going to ask questions, you need to die.
0: Yeah. So, everyone's dead. Literally everyone is dead except for Lee.
3: Or maybe maybe she does kill Amy.
0: Yeah, see, I don't remember.
3: I feel like she does. After Amy. she kills
0: Morgan is what I thought. Yeah. I thought she kills Morgan and then she kills Amy.
3: Yeah, that might be it.
0: She, yeah, and then she kills Skip. And then now you're starting to be like, "Whoa, wait, is Lee not good because these are characters we like, anyway. But
3: she's cleanup.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is her job. She isn't. She she is maybe partially risk management, but really she's there to assess the situation and do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And they talk about that in the offices where we finally meet Brian Cox and he has two lackeys that he's talking to, and they talk about well, it was a grand experiment and it failed. But Yes, the did old learn, dogs
3: hunt the best. Yes,
0: what we did learn is that while the model. 7 or the Model 9 or whatever it is that Morgan was, it was a failed experiment. We did prove the effectiveness of the Model 4, which is what Lee is.
3: Yes. And And they say the collateral damage was upsetting but unavoidable.
0: Yeah. And Brian Cox is kind of okay with the whole situation and because, hey, we got results. And this is a very innovative mindset. A company that would... Be focused on creating what effectively amounts to new life. They'd have these sort of – this focus on innovation. And you do not see failure as failure. The only way that failure is failure is if you don't learn anything from it. Exactly. And so he's looking at it from that sort of – you know, Elon Musk kind of viewpoint where it's like, hey, you know what? Whatever the consequences were, we learned something. Mm-hmm. And so that equals good. It's because he does not value the human life that was it's lost. It's a
3: militaristic view.
0: Yes. And while there is something admirable about not, fi- you know, finding success in failure, that's good. I don't think there's such a thing as finding success in the failure that amounts to the death of that many people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyway, she's just sitting there and she's looking at her hands and they're kind of bloody and she's outside she doesn't hear the conversation they're having
3: she okay so earlier in the film we skipped this morgan is asked something at some point and it's about her becoming herself and after she's killed people she like looks at her hands the idea is that she's supposed to be Becoming
0: Actualized Cognizant like Yeah, she is, a, she is her own being Yes, yeah. and she
3: realizes what she can do with her hands uh-huh. And so we, the last shot is of Kate Mara Turning her hands over And kind of considering her existence What can I do? What am I capable of? Do I need to follow these people's rules and instructions? And yeah. the question is Did she learn that from Morgan? Or did she learn that herself? And it's kind of the same idea of Skynet Where they become They become cognizant and realize The true threat is all living Humans But
0: that's the thing the movie was not interested in, in expressing that As a thought for all we know she's just sitting there Like yep I wow I did my job and she's not thinking any Sort of thing that might be negative
3: I think they wanted to make a sequel
0: Yeah, probably.
3: fuck that. (laughs) And then she,
0: you know, well, you know, he talks about how, how great she was, how calm under fire she was. The situation was chaos, but the way she handled it was surgical. She was
3: methodical. Yeah, she
0: was methodical. And then they're like, oh, yeah, she is pretty good. And Brian Cox said, she's perfect. So what do we do about Lee Weathers? What about her? She's perfect. The whole movie, they keep saying about how these synthetics are not People, they're not she's, they're it's. And then Brian Cox calls her she. Why? What is the movie saying when it does this?
3: That we're setting ourselves up to be manipulated? Maybe,
0: maybe. And that's the setup for the sequel? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the plot of this movie relies on a lot of smart people doing really stupid things. <laughs> I don't mean collectively, collectively like with Skynet and Terminator. I mean, like individually, virtually every character does something mind-bafflingly stupid. But the action's really interesting. Uh, like I say, it's very cutty, but it's fun nonetheless. Kate Mara is fucking badass.
3: Yeah, she's awesome.
0: And Anya Taylor-Joy is also really cool.
3: Eh, I mean, I don't okay. think...
0: I mean, she's supposed to play an emotionless... or Not an emotionless, an emotion... Full but like doesn't understand her emotions like being but I mean in the fight scenes she was pretty good ultimately like I didn't dislike the movie it's just it there's a lot of potential that is unrealized here
3: yeah I would really want to look at that script and see what they took out and what they changed because well, I think that really was a detriment.
0: This was apparently on I think it's called the blacklist.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the list of unproduced scripts that people absolutely love but nobody's making. Mm-hmm. So who knows what they did with that to actually get it made? It might have had several rewrites in order to get somebody to to make it. Mm-hmm. So, what ended up happening when this movie was released? It was supposed to make $6 million in 2020 theaters in its opening weekend. It opened at $2 million. It didn't even crack the top 10. It was number 18. In its second weekend, it grossed just shy of half a million dollars.
2: Ooh.
0: Finishing at 21st. Ooh. It was pulled from theaters after two and a half weeks. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it's more expensive to keep it in theaters. It looks bad. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you cut your losses and then you release it on home video and hope it makes money there. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, it earned $8.8 8 million. Yikes. Its budget was a projected $8 million. Yikes. Because it's kind of an intimate movie that doesn't require a lot in the way of special effects or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has one location, virtually.
2: hmm
0: But- you know what you say about budgets. You take what it costs to make the movie and you double it for marketing. Mm-hmm. So this was a sixteen million dollar movie and it made eight point eight million dollars. Ouch! Yeah, Ouch. it did not do well. And that's the th- it, it. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it doesn't have potential. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a letdown.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is how I would describe it. Yeah. So what do you think the movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? Sixty four. on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's not an average rating. Right. That's only 38% of reviewers ended up with a positive view of the film. Ouch. Morgan neglects to develop its decent premise. Yep, yep. There it is. Opting instead to settle for a garden variety sci-fi thriller with more action than ideas. And the action that's there isn't bad. Right. But again, yeah, they don't want to develop those ideas. Mm -hmm. There are tons of ideas. And they just... Aren't concerned with them. They introduce them and then they say so fuck off, fly away ideas. <laughs> like they just don't care about them. Has a Metacritic of 48 and a cinema score of a C plus, Which is an all right score. Not great, but all right. Do you think that's overrated or underrated?
3: Underrated.
0: Absolutely underrated. But what would you give it?
3: I'm going to give it a 56. Yeah,
0: I was going to give it a 58. Yeah. It's definitely on the positive side. Mm-hmm. But not too far because it has a lot of failings,
3: right? And actually, talking about it made me like it less.
0: I think. I think so. <laughs> like just laying out in detail one after the other all the problems with the movie.
3: Cause Keep- yeah, because in the moment it's it's entertaining. It's entertaining.
0: Yeah. But then, yeah, you just start laying out all these issues, and you start running into thing after thing, and you're like, oh, yeah, wait, they didn't develop that. Oh, wait, yeah, they didn't do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Wait, what is the movie trying to say here? Like, mm-hmm. you just keep running into that when you're trying to go through the plot, and you're like, oh, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> but it's not offensive. It's not bad. Right. It's it's just kind of a disappointment. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> All right, well, that is 2016's Morgan, and that ends the episode. Thank you very much, Harry, for the recommendations. Yes. Kelsey, what are we watching next week?
3: Next week is another recommendation week, or at least half of one. We were recommended by Benny to watch May, which I like. Chris has never seen it. I like that movie now yeah. I haven't seen it since high school so you know maybe things have changed but I'm excited to see it again and so I paired that with 1977's Martin which is a lesser known movie by John Carpenter about a serial killer so serial killers next week
0: with names for titles
3: Martin and May yeah
0: uh huh Good. Awesome. Thank you very much, Benny. And again, thank you, Harry, for recommending this week's movies. That was very awesome. Glad we got to watch Terminator. Glad to be reminded of Morgan because we didn't really mention that. We mentioned it last week. We had both recognized that we had seen Morgan. Neither one of us could remember a thing about
3: it. Yeah. Like, as soon as it started, we were like, we think Amy dies?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, yeah, we were really unclear on it. So anyway, next week is Martin and May. Until then, you can always reach us at podcemetery.com, our website where you can find every episode, a list of every movie. You can browse things that way. Or you can follow us on Twitter, at PodCemetery. We post a lot of extra stuff on our Twitter, so please be sure to follow us there. You can email us at podcemetery at gmail.com. Follow us in your podcatcher of choice Uh, don't forget to rate and review five star written reviews are the best help you can give us there sharing us with friends is absolutely awesome and probably the best thing you can do to actually make effective change as a single person and get people listening to the show Uh, but thank you all very much for just listening in the first place we love each and every one of you until next week I've been Chris
3: I've been Kelsey and this
0: has been pod cemetery but before we go Kelsey any last words
3: you go naked. Something about the field generated by a living organism. Nothing dead will go. Why? I didn't build the fucking thing! Oh, did you want to talk about that? those special effects or anything?
0: Oh, with the mirror? Yeah. No, that's okay.
3: Okay. I figure everyone knows it. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> the
0: really interesting stuff is in T2. That's
3: true. I'll be back.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: It's not a tumor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Horror trivia.
3: My cards fell a long time ago. <laughs> Guten Morgen.
0: You can look up Morgan and it's like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Morgan Freeman, Morgan Fairchild, all the way down at the bottom. Oh, yeah, there was some movie day, Morgan.
3: Okay, so we're just going to skip that whole thing because I a, have – It's a very
0: long scene. Yeah, I have,
3: I have a lot of notes about it.
0: Right, okay. but, I mean, we need to get through. – we're 45 minutes into this, and it's Morgan. Okay. Pick out things you want to say about it.
3: No, it's fine. Um, It doesn't matter.
0: All right, well, that is 2016's Morgan, and that ends the episode for this week, Kelsey. But what are we watching? Next week.
3: What are we watching next week, honey? It's
0: a good question.